Bless you. You're back again, ladies and gentlemen. Jolene is back. She's back with <laughs> yeah, so a blockbuster movie. The yeah, only thing right. is a bar and some cocktails. We have cocktails. What are you drinking today, Joe? What you got? Okay, so I want to show you, and I haven't started the movie yet, so I have to show you. It's so cool. Of course, okay. you know, I'm always uh, stumping for my locals. So yeah. I went out to um, Wild Craft Brewing. Okay. And these are beers uh trevor nearberg is the owner and he makes the beer and he uh, he and the partner make the beer but he is like super cool and he beerberg is out on dripping springs and he foraged like the main ingredients for this so this is a mugwort esb okay which is really yummy and a loquat hefeweizen also yummy and then there is a mustang grapevine porter so what's it what's the brewery called again Beerberg. Beerberg. Yes, it's new. So they opened during a pandemic, bless their hearts. Well, I like to open all my stuff. Yeah, I know. Uh, so let me show you that. It's so cool. This is one thing that they did too that I think is just awesome. Uh, so Trevor went to like herbalist school with, to learn like the sacred art of herbs and foraging and all that good stuff. And nice. uh, Beerberg is on 15 acres and it's right out there. I'm, Fitzhugh Road, which is near uh, Revolution Spirits, and I'm going to start calling that just Brewery Road. Fitzhugh's going to get renamed Brewery Road. You got Twelve Fox out there. Yeah, um, you've got you've got a lot of breweries. You got a lot of distilleries. That little yep. area. You've got that uh, wine and um, olive shop there, out there. There's so much out there, right? That's kind of yeah. like the hot spot, and I guess it has so much land. And anyway, so I just dropped one. It's getting fizzy. <laughs> Uh, messy girl um, that's all right that's yeah, a good shout out sh though that's a new brewery i love it wait wait it oh. gets better this is so cool so i have to show you my phone so um yeah. the labels are were created or by designed by a local artist fabian mm -hmm. ray of course local local and uh, but look so it tells you if they have an app they developed an app and you just wait you point your camera, I gotta do it right. You point your camera at the label uh -huh. and the label pops out and it's got all of this information. It tells you like, oh, wait, where's nice. it? I just, what yeah, the flavors? I just yeah. So I, I was actually talking the Flavors with, of um, the beers, sorry. No, I was talking with the uh, local CEO, Amber Allen. Um, she does that for other stuff. Uh, oh, neat. Created this app for like that. And there was, we brought up this wine company, uh, it's a, you know, it has criminals in the bottle. I forget the name of it now. 
but all their their stuff's interactive like that. It's so if they can get the message out and do that, that level of engagement of being able yeah. to sit around and talk and drink and then pop that up and really talk about be educated on the spot with what yeah. you're drinking is very cool, man. That's good for them. What an yeah. investment. But yeah, it's so cool. And you know, they're all about like the land stewardship and the, so they're just like super cool, but it, yeah, I mean, it takes you to a video of like them harvesting like that, like the mugwort will take you to that mugwort video. Come wow. on, pop out, pop out. There yeah. So you see it pops yeah. out and there's like the video to the left. Yeah. And then yeah. to the right, it tells you like the specific flavors of the beer and you can even get the recipe for the beer and then yeah. just go down and website. It's so cool. So I just want to give drive them a out shout there out. And check them out. No, I'm going to drive out there and check them out. I'm going to tell them that yeah. you sent me. You, be like, you well, where's my free shit? Jolene sent me. <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> you better pay. <laughs> I always no, pay. But I, I, know I, love, so, I love supporting the, the local breweries. I am, uh, I've got my 12 Fox koozie, which is, but I drank on my 12 Fox already. So shout out to 12 okay. Fox. Go check those Oops. guys out. They're awesome. Uh, uh, I've got the new... The new uh, Austin Beer Works, Super Austin Hellas Lager, which is Yum. a pretty tasty little treat. I, you know, Austin Beer Works does a great design job uh, as far as artwork goes on their cans. <laughs> However, folks, take some notes from our Beerberg friends and what they're doing. They're stepping the game up to a whole new level. I love it. Whole new level, yeah. And the I, beer's really good, and it's like you can taste kind of like an herbal almost. You know, like you can. Okay. It's really good. I mean, I'm gonna go check it out. I'm gonna check it out. This, uh, hopefully, this week before I have to uh, go travel for work on your favorite airline. <laughs> it used to be. I'm sad about it now. I just don't know. I mean, he's gonna. At some point, they're all gonna stop. I mean, you know, they're all gonna start dropping their their guard. Or you know. well, I think what what's coming down right is unfortunately there's a lot of things for the people that don't know. Southwest has made a change on what they're cleaning and not cleaning. Uh, and I don't know, it's, it's so silly. Here's the, here's the silly part about all of this. Cause I've, I've been flying a lot lately for work stuff. Oh, oh yeah. So, you know, we've got the middle seat in between us, but I don't Would know you if you've seen the human body and how it works, but it's not like some shitty cartoon where we get mad and then we breathe out of our ears from side to side. <laughs> it's the front right. and back. If you really wanted to, you would actually go all three side to side because we're breathing forwards, right? And then leave a space in between each row that way so that I don't have some asshole's hot breath right behind me blowing, you know, breathing that way. Uh, did you get your Facebook certificate for all of this science? <laughs> I didn't. I'm just making it up as I go along. But it sounds yes. good to me right now, right? It's a, you know, this, sure. this, that, no, I, I bring it up and I bring that specifically up because everything sounds good you know, yeah. outside of practice. But I, I mean, honestly, what I really think is happening is that it's expensive. And uh, they are, like everyone, they are running into some, um, probably some financial issues with the cleaning and the time. And I would assume because of unions, there are some other health issues around that, uh, you know, because they're very well protected. Uh oh, you froze up. Oh, am I back? Yes. So, you know, they're very, very well protected workers. Uh, I think there are, um, I think we're going to learn a lot. Uh, at the same time, you know, I would say that uh, I think, you know, what, what companies are going to learn is what uh, John Lynch has been saying for quite a while. And I keep repeating it because I think it's very true. 
whether there's two airlines or a hundred airlines, the reality is this focus needs to change. You are no longer about customer loyalty. You're about loyalty to customers. And they've forgotten that. And I think a majority of businesses have forgotten that, especially in the flow, if you will, of when things were good, when money was rolling in, when, you know, yeah. the, the market's hot and everyone's getting paid and throwing down big tips and we're having a good time. You know, those, those are going to go away. They're, well, they've gone away. And now it comes down to where do you live? Do you live not in the, the big world? Tips, though. Yeah, not the big tips. Got to keep tipping. But do you live in the world of, of customer loyalty and you're just relying on that customer loyalty? And I think a lot of companies are still. Yeah. Or are you going to be loyal to customers? Like, what can I do to win you over? Even if there's only two left, what can I do to be the one? Right? And um, I, don't, I don't think the, uh, the, the chemistry, the architecture, the DNA of a majority of customers or, or of companies have that in them. I don't think it's built inside because it's a new concept one and then two they just they don't have it man they just don't it's a bummer but it's very true and you know it's uh that's it's going to be a there's going to be a um I'll, I'll close out with this and we'll get let's get to the movie but i will say this i don't want people to forget one very crucial thing and just take a look back at the last 50 years right what was the last really cool thing that russia created on their own developed and brought to the world that changed it always sure. well nothing what was the last cool thing that was invented created and driven in the last 50 years out of china created there invented and created there the beautiful thing that we have here the thing that we have here is innovation and ideas that don't stop and what i want to make sure that we don't forget in this time of a pandemic and job losses and, and businesses being lost. And there's a, there's a fiery part of me that goes, hey man, for every business that shut down because we could have done it better. And now that we know we could have done it better, we're still not changing our game to make it better. We're just staying the course because we're, we're stubborn and no politician yes. wants to admit they're wrong, right? Right. But yeah. you know, there's this, there's this part of me that goes, hey, if, you, if your bar, your, your restaurant or your brewery or anything went out of business, go ahead and take some of your POS and package it up and mail it to our president, mail it to your house rep, your congressional person, and your mayor. Mail it to them. Let them see what they've removed because we understand the impact of how we're handling the situation. And we know that right now it's effective somewhat but economically it's destructive. And you talk about capital markets and you look at REITs and you look at bond markets as rates plummet down so that people can keep affording things. Well, now we're paying inflation later, right? You're playing inflation later, what happens? Well, shit, what happens is, is that grandma and grandpa now they're living off retirement have to go back and work because they just don't have any money. So we're saving them from getting sick and having a, a bad death to have them slowly starve and not be able to afford their meds. Neither one is appropriate. However, now that we know that, we've seen the economic impact, there's still no change. However, the bright side of this is, getting back to the original point of where stuff's made, we're innovative. We think outside of the box. We move forward. And if you can, and I and others can really push on, think about this. We're a republic first, right? We're not a Democrat, democratic state. We're a republic. So 
your mayor counts, your city council counts, Absolutely. your governor counts more than your vote for the president. It just yeah. does. If you understand how yeah. public works, that's what does. So get out and vote. The small the, elections. The small elections count, but get out and vote, folks. Get out and vote because of this. Because those are the people live, on the school board making decisions whether to open and close the schools right now. Yeah. Those are the people, you know, like the well, mayors and the We've got a chance to innovate and change. We've got a, there's a prime opportunity as we're resetting to bring our economy and our hearts in line. Because right now they're out of line. And it's built that way, right? You can't have your cake and eat it too. Not this way, you can't. However, is there a way to do it? I believe there is, right? Um, I believe there's a, there's a, there are perfectly reasonable ways to open up schools and keep people safe. I believe there are pers I believe that with all the money that's being spent, the trillions of dollars, I firmly believe that the autoimmune compromised the 1% of groups that really can, you know, get impacted by this. You can create programs for them quickly and easily, and you can protect them. And it doesn't Do you think it's 1% really? That's what I mean, if you consider as far, as far as the fatal. The fatal, yeah, 1%. 99%. Well, people with comorbidities, I mean, you've got like people with heart disease, and that's a huge percentage of people. Yeah. I mean, you've got people with diabetes, that's also a big deal. I mean, like people who've had cancer. I mean, all of these people are at such a higher risk of they're they're at a higher risk, but the 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 rate of death is less than one percent across the board. So for people that get it. Versus people that die, it's a it's about one percent is what is what the CDC came out with as as a as a as a death rate. And it's atrocious, and I'm not trying to minimize it. I'm just when, saying. When when was that? When was the last time you checked? Because I don't uh, believe that's true right now, and I don't want to argue with you. No, no, I, yeah, I'm just. I mean, this this is uh this would probably have been two or three weeks ago. Was now our mortality rate? What in Texas is 004 percent or 003 percent is what it came out with today, or I was on KBU. So it's less than 1%. So I would look at those people, I would look at that demographic, I would look at that group, and even if it's 2%, focusing our efforts on protecting those people, really protecting them, you know, um, giving them more money, giving them more options, giving them more means of protection, while the rest of the economy moves forward, I think we can do both. Because if you focus on helping the people that need the help, I don't need the help if the economy's open, right? So I don't need it. And in fact, tax dollars, because of working, can put money back into the system that can allow for more help. Now, is that a perfect solution? Absolutely not. But that's a one, that's it. Once again, it's looking at our hearts and our wallets or our economy are not in line. And while they're not in line, what can we do to try to make it better for yeah. everyone? When you think about kids, you think about you know, abuse in homes, um, you think about domestic violence, you think about drug abuse, alcohol abuse, all of the other ancillary factors that are a trickle down effect of a decision made uh, is, is, you know, I, I just, I wish we would learn from it. I'm not saying I have, I have the, I'm not the right answer. I'm just saying that I wish we would try to focus more on how we can help the people that are at risk, right? And give them the money. And at the same time, right. see what we can open up and do. And I'm not saying everything should open up, but I think there's an opportunity for it there. I really do. And I think we're smart enough and we're innovative enough that that can happen. But if that doesn't happen, it's inconsequential because we're smart enough or innovative enough. We've done so much in such a short period of time in this country that the amazing idea, idealism of, of, of where people are at and who they are and what they do, 
it is unstoppable. We're not going to be we're not going to be stopped by this. We're going to trip and fall, but we are going to get back up. We are going to move forward. We are going to figure out better solutions. I just believe that. I mean, I want to believe all of that. I do. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm an optimist by nature. I'm a, you know, a happy-go-lucky person, but I, you know, and I, I've never, but this is just different from anything we've seen. And I'm, again, without getting too into detail, and yeah. I don't want to argue with you again, but oh, no, I, I, I don't, the sources I'm seeing are not, and I, I of course, I always, check multiple sources, but I don't see, I mean, let's just say 150,000 Americans have died, but if you look at countries that are doing it right, this is how they are protecting their most at risk mm -hmm. and protecting the people that we don't know long-term what effect this virus has. And there's a lot of indications, there's a lot of proof that they've seen that there are a lot of repercussions for people that may have been asymptomatic or maybe just a little bit sick for a couple of days and then six months down the road, nine months down the road, I mean, six weeks down the road, six months down the road, they are, you know, they've got uh, some issues with their body, with their, you know, mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, are probably going to plague them long-term if they, if, you know, and, and so I just think there's a lot that's unknown. And so when we look at the countries that have had great success in, you know, reducing the number of transmissions, the number of deaths, the number of the, I mean, basically like tamping out community spread, mm -hmm. what they have done to protect the most vulnerable along with everyone else is to take care of their people in a longer lockdown and just don't let it spread and make sure that people, you know, like they're in Korea and in Vietnam, they're dropping off cases of water boxes of snacks and food that will keep you, you know, like camp food and everything. So nobody has to go out. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, and that is, to me, that makes sense. I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but all of it's crazy. Yeah. I don't, think, I don't think that sounds crazy at all. Right. I just, right. I would, you know, got to remember though, Short term. Spanish flu, there were still people that wouldn't wear masks. There were, there were still no masks groups. I think that right. why it works in other areas and it, maybe it doesn't always work here is pretty simple. We have that get up by the bootstraps, we can take on anything, we can do anything attitude. And it's almost part of our DNA. You know, you come to America, you can accomplish anything. And part of our, okay, so one of the things that made America one of the countries that other countries look up to for mm -hmm centuries, I mean, two centuries, for you know, decades anyway, many, many decades was, you know, the fact that we have been, we've shown compassion in our dealings with many other countries, not in every situation, but, you know, we have gone in and helped or saved or, you know, we've been, we've provided a lot of aid in a lot of different ways and that, and, and have also been very open to people who needed help and coming into our country and that those were beautiful things and they created this beautiful diversity of population that we have mm -hmm. but then i think you know if we lose that we lose the best parts of ourselves you know the, of our national identity and that's just so anyway i think yeah but that is something if you see in asia like they didn't have a problem wearing masks they already have a culture where if someone's sick they wear a mask exactly or if someone is high risk they wear a mask out in public oh because, i mean i lived in these big honking asian cities with 
millions of people bigger than you know or as big as i was going to ask you about this i was going to ask about this day because we for probably the last hundred years have to look like crazy cowboy assholes we're shaking hands and hugging and kissing and grabbing people and Barking, which I love. Which we love, but you look at Asian communities, they're like, we'll stand close to you. In fact, we don't know what personal space is, but we're wearing a mask. We understand the value of a mask. We understand what it means. We know what's going on. And I, you know, and and so yeah, it's it's a it's a different thing. I mean, I I don't know. I I will I will say this forever and ever, amen. I believe that in 10 years, Harvard's going to do a case study on this and they're going to be like, this was the worst communicated pandemic of all time. One, because we had social media and we're just not built for uh, absorbing this much information. Uh, or filtering it out. Or filtering it, right? right. Um, we're, we're, at this, we're at this weird space where, uh, where, the, where that's happening and we just, we don't know what to filter and what not to filter. And that trickles back to way before the internet existed on cutting school programs and not educating people properly and 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 leaving kids behind you know texas can say all they want about not leaving kids behind i can tell you right now my kids in school kids in nice neighborhoods like circle c getting left behind it has nothing to do with money it has to do with a an infrastructure that is top heavy bottom poor and resource depleted and that's our school system and that started way before a guy with a bad spray tan and hair ever came into office uh, it started a long, long not, time ago and and if you and if, yeah. and if we rewind that right we look at that think about you know it's hindsight it's so easy right it's hindsight but man better education creates better responses creates better yeah. understanding you can't tell me that if we didn't have better education, we would not literally have documentaries and people fist fighting in the streets over if the earth is round or flat. Oh yeah, oh, of course, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, but this is the thing like the educational system was set up for the people that it initially served when the educational system was getting set up. And as we yep. know, these were slave owning white people. Yeah, it's like, can you sit down for eight hours and just do one thing well, and be good at people, it? You know, and then it grew to incorporate the middle class, again, largely white. I mean, yeah, I mean, I have yeah. my master's degree in education. I mean, we can go real deep, you know, and I, uh, you know, it's very, and I've worked in, in not full time, but I was outsourced and supported teachers and trained teachers and put teachers in some of like the the schools in the worst neighborhoods in Chicago, the poorest neighborhoods, the, yeah. you know, absolute, like the gang, like one of our schools, which was from first to third grade, no, kindergarten to second grade, kindergarten, first, second, third, kindergarten to third grade, uh, was a charter school. And it was, we were there from three to five. Uh, my teachers were teaching 30 minutes of Spanish you know, kind of round robins. So they did 30 minutes of Spanish, 30 mm -hmm. minutes of like movement, dance or whatever, 30 minutes of music and 30 minutes of like maybe art as like enrichment after school. But that's because, you know, that time between two and 6 p.m. is when the most violence against children takes place because the parents aren't home yet from work. And so this way, oh. through charter, this charter school, you know, it allowed the kids to stay in a safe place while doing something that wasn't so, you know, seriously academic. Mm -hmm. um you know and so and then the parents would only would pick them up from school and they could only leave with the parent but well that's cool yeah it's cool but can you i mean 
can you imagine in kindergarten in school till five, you know, I mean, at least, I mean, again, we had dance and music and, you know, our Spanish was some fun things, some songs, some, you know, some art. It wasn't like you're, you know, you're going to go, you know. It's just that but quality was, time at that age with your parents. Yeah. That you're unfortunately getting used to. Yeah. I'm going to be with but that strangers. school. Yeah. But that school was the first corner, the first uh, traffic light in all of Chicago. Mind you, it was the murder capital back then as it is now. Yeah. But 90% of the time, 95% of the time, you feel safe because that is very specific to the neighborhood. And it is an economic issue and a resource issue. And that also includes the educational systems. But yeah, so that was the first school in all of Chicago that had a camera, like a, a crime camera. Oh, wow. On the corner where that school was. So that was, those are the neighborhoods that I'd been in. So I see the effects that, uh, you know, every principal runs a little kingdom, yep. whether the yep. school is well-to-do or not, whether they're inner city or suburban or white or black or Hispanic, or, you know, a, a great mix of people. Um, and, you know, you see the ones that, uh, you know, are running, something that works you know where the children seem safe and seem at least somewhat engaged but, you know there's there are teachers and school counselors and people at the school who know how to serve the kids if they're not you know like okay this kid is always you know keep an eye on this kid that's always causing problems because maybe we need to give him some extra food at lunch because maybe he's not eating at home you know oh, or yeah or perhaps she, you know, comes from a difficult, you know, and a lot of, of course, I mean, in those neighborhoods, not all of them had great home lives. I don't know how to say that diplomatically, but you know, a lot of them. Well, had no, it's it's tough. Home lives. You know, and it's yeah. and and you, you think about those kids now. That worked with a program called uh, MICA, which is a community development corporation, right? And I've mentioned on the podcast a couple of times, but I would go mm -hmm. in and teach art to these students. And uh, while they were learning art, their parents are learning, the moms or dads, whichever one, one was learning how to balance a checkbook and, you know, organize yeah. money and do things. And the other was learning how to take care of their neighborhood. Oh, is the oh, park cool. light out? Is the light out? Oh, no, you just don't, you don't, no, 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 no. You pay your taxes, champ. This is how you go down to the city and you request for this to be fixed. And if it's not fixed yeah. at this time, you guys this. So there's this whole education thing. I didn't speak a lick of Spanish, but I would teach these kids how to draw. And then the coolest thing, and uh, forgive me if I start to cry when I say this, uh, but this is the coolest thing. So get this family in, the, in these areas and uh, in this one specific area of Costa Mesa, California, which is pretty rough. Violence, obviously, all around them. And uh, it's, it's Christmas time. And we take an open store front that had been left vacant at a place called Triangle Square at the time. Uh, it's not, the place is not vacant now, but it was. And everyone donated, of course, presents, right? Just, you know, the stores, everyone did. And we got the full sticker price and then we took 99% off. And then every family got tickets based on how many kids they had to show up at a certain time and shop. So if there were four times to shop, there were always, there was four skateboards, four bikes, four basketballs, four of everything. So everyone nice. had an opportunity. But then these parents, instead of someone stopping by with a bag saying, here's the, here's the presents for your kids because you can't get it for them. So here you go. So they can have a good Christmas. Look what I'm doing for you. 
Yeah. Instead, the moms came in, they walked through this store that we set up for them, and they went shopping. They saved their money. Sure, they couldn't afford a $100 skateboard. They could afford a $2 skateboard. Mm -hmm. They saved their money, and they went and shopped, and the pride they had to look through clothes, to look at stuff and grab it and say, I'm paying for this. And to actually choose something choose and it, pay for it. Pay for it, get it wrapped. So we do all of this. I'm tearing up. We yeah. do all of this. My buddy's there. And this lady goes, she's got all these bags. I mean, she's a huge family. Got these bags. My buddy's like, what are you doing? I've got these bags. He goes, where are you going? She goes, I'm going home. Because you're walking home. Let me help you. Well, this is a kid from Huntington Beach, man. I mean, he's got a nice house, a nice car. Where are we walking to? I didn't see him for over an hour. Yeah. He lived three miles away. He, and this is before Uber. He walks with all of her presents, carries them three miles to her house, and then yes, walks okay. back. I mean, just dripping sweat. It's, you know, yeah. SoCal, it's all of a sudden there's a heat wave good, that comes good in. Good man there. Good young man. Oh, we good just kid. went upstairs. I bought him beers. I was like, dude, I'm buying you. Whatever drinks you want, I'm buying them for you. But the pride of, oh, wait, I'm accomplishing something. I'm doing something. And I think we, whether it's, no matter what group it is, you know, whether it's, um, and, and I'll bring this and tie this into the movie, right? But what, whatever is going on, if you can figure, if you, we all need help with something. Yeah. But there's a greater reward and there's a greater growth. If in that help, we've still done it. We've still accomplished it. We've still, we've still worked for it. We've still earned our stripes a little bit, if you will. And that, and to see those parents weep mm -hmm. as they're actually for the first time paying for something, because they have an opportunity that they didn't have a year ago before Mike existed. And picking something out, yeah. Yeah, they're just doing it, man. And, you know, you think about all the stuff where we're like, oh, just give it to them, you know, or don't give it to them or whatever it may be. It's like, hey, once again, we can be smarter. We can do better. We can help them without making them feel like shit, especially on a holiday. That could be nothing grosser than looking at presents under a tree and, the, the, and not being like, oh man, someone had to give all this. Versus I worked my ass off, I saved $5 which is a huge amount, $5. And I went and I bought 10 gifts yeah. for my kids. Get yeah, my aunt, aunt's church does something like that, but when the kids go shopping for their you know, parents, they can buy like, you know, and so, you know, we put together like little, it's, it's you know, it's, it's cute, you know, like some nice lotion and shampoo or whatever, like the hotel shampoos, you know, we yeah. package them up like put a little package together, three or four things and like some pretty things and, and, you know, earrings or whatever it is, you know, so they can buy something, you know, they love buying something pretty for their mom and, and with the quarter or a nickel or, you know what I mean? It's all price. It's price to sell. I mean, it's price, price to, to move. <laughs> I love price it. To I love move. it. <laughs> and, you know, and again, that's like their pride of it getting is. their mom that their mom hasn't seen, you know, it's cool. Yeah. That's very cool. I, I, I love those things. And I'm glad we, we wrapped up that little bit with those stories because it's important for people to hear. It really is. Life's tough. This is a really tough part of life. Life's tough. But 
we're smart, we're innovative, and we take we can take care of one another when we choose to. And now that's is right. an opportune time to take care of one another. You yeah. know, and sometimes it's going out to a local brewery and just trying their beer and buying it and being like, hey, you guys, I can't believe you didn't talk to your psychic first, you dumb fucks, but okay, let's get after it. <laughs> <laughs> or it's someone that's been around for a while and you're like, I can't, I can't imagine a life without you. I'm going to stop by and say hello. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, put my, uh, I'm going to, I'm not going to put my family or my life, you know, in, in jeopardy or in risk financially or in any way, but when I can go support, I'm going to, and when I cannot go and physically write a check and go support or drop some cash or swipe a credit card and support, I'm going to give a like, I'm going to send a nice comment, man, I really enjoyed your food. You know, you, right. don't, you don't need your sob story about how you lost your job. They don't write a review, write a review on their page or exactly, exactly do that. So on that note, going into comedy land now, folks, right? You chose a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I look like Beetlejuice with my bed head when I'm okay. (laughs) Look at this. Look at this. Oh yeah. Wow. That's pretty good. I showered today. (laughs) You you have a better Beetlejuice than I do today. It's getting long. It's getting long, kid. It's getting long. So you chose Beetlejuice. <laughs> what is it that resonates with you about Beetlejuice? What's going on? Well, I mean, it's just, I mean, come on. Michael Keaton is just unbelievable. It's so fun and quirky. Obviously, Tim Burton. I mean, all of the, is just so visually appealing and a little bit shocking. I always loved Gina Davis. I was like, oh, look, there's like a six foot actress with curly hair. Imagine that, you know, like she was like the coolest. And she was like married to Jeff Goldblum. I was just like, had I mean, such a lady crush on Gina. I got a lady crush. I got, I got a man crush on Jeff Goldblum, who I've met a couple of times. Of course. Oh, nice. And yeah, let me I got tell a big you, man crush on him. Like, <laughs> he's nicer in person. And he's, oh, I he's believe engaged. It. He's like, what's up? Yeah. He, was, he was doing some jazz thing. We went and saw him. And he was like, yeah. and I was like, bro, I'm a, I'm a, I was a huge fan of your acting. I'm a bigger fan of your jazz. I'm yeah. blown away. He he's puts so his cool. arm around me and he's just like, that's cool, brother. You gonna, you gonna hang out for the next set? I'm like, I'm gonna hang out here until everyone kicks me out. <laughs> just, yes. I don't as long care. as you'll have me, Jeff Goldblum, I'll be here. I know. I'm in. So cool. So but again, that's like a cool kind of, I think they're both kind of cool little nuts. And so is like Tim Burton and I figure Michael Keaton's a little bit yeah. nutty. Yeah. Michael Keaton is highly underrated. We're going to talk about Michael Keaton. Uh, let's hit play oh, here. I'm, uh, we're about, I'm about wait, how many play. seconds in are you? Tell me when you get to uh, seven seconds or whatever. Where are you at? Let's see. Oh, oh. I can get to seven seconds. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Go back, 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 back. back. I, yeah, fine, you can do so. I could have jumped forward. It's all good. Okay. How about 35 seconds? 35 seconds. I'm in at 35 seconds. One, boom. Like a little drone over the forest. There we go. Beetlejuice right there. So you brought him up. Let's talk about him real quick. Michael Keaton. Uh, So incredible. He is, I mean, on my generationally for me, right? Mid 40s getting, you know, running up to 50 like it's no big deal. Looking like I'm 52 with all my gray. Running out. (laughs) Keep my long hair so that I can just be like, well, I'm young at heart, man. Come on, bro. Michael Keaton and Kevin Costner are, and John Cusack are my three for Mount Rushmore of, of male actors that had something and still do, right? That just, I mean, 
Kevin Costner in Yellowstone. Oh my God, Yellowstone is so good. Can you be my dad? What can I hold you? Can I just get your ass? (laughs) I want your your smell. Right? And and Michael Keaton was the same way long before Batman. Oh yeah. I mean, Mr. Mom. Amazing. Right? I know. Uh, Duplicity, where he's just making more and more of himself to get all the shit done. To show there's always stuff to do, but can you learn to relax? Right? I mean, that whole message and then this whatever the hell this is right i mean it's just it's yeah it's crazy it's, it's crazy. crazy it's chaos but he does it and every so time well. i know every time i watch it I, I forget how like some parts are genuinely scary yeah. yeah and the other thing i love i mean i love uh catherine o'hara i mean of course everybody does now it's shit's creek being like the hottest thing going but Oh, I mean, same generation, you know, I'm a few years older, but it's like, oh, and Alec Baldwin was so hot back then, you know, before he turned into kind of a wiener, but he's pretty funny. How did Alec Baldwin survive? He called his, in the, in the world of cancel culture, he called his daughter a fat pig. Mm-hmm. He was not nice in a lot of ways to a lot of people. And somehow, not only did he survive, but he came out ahead. Yeah. What was it? What do you think it was that he did that made that? I don't know. I mean, that's a good question. I mean, he's very, obviously, I mean, his talent is genuine. He's talented. Yeah. He's, he's funny. He's a decent dramatic actor, not like one of the best, but I mean, uh, I think he just, I mean, at that point he was, no one's untouchable, but you know, I mean, he wasn't like, uh, you know, I, he was beyond, I mean, he's older than the cancel culture. He just, and he just kind of said, I mean, did he, I mean, he didn't really apologize. I mean, he said he apologized <laughs> to his daughter, but he didn't make, you know, he just kind of acted like it didn't happen in a way. Like, it seems like. It was I interesting. Know. I mean, I'm not, I just, I find it fascinating. I would like for all these other actors that let's say are innocent or actresses or other figures that are innocent, that are, that are, that are told something's told about them and it's proven not to be true. Let's say take a note from Alec Baldwin, learn how to navigate those waters. If you're guilty, listen, I'm not, I'm not the person who says you need to be exiled from everything forever and ever. Amen. I'm not. However, you, you do the crime, you do the time. I don't know what that time is, you know, social media culture uh, and the cancel culture kind of has their own uh, judgment of you're gone forever. Uh, I would say that, um, you know, once again, we can be smarter about it. And if you don't like the person, guess what? You also don't have to celebrate them or listen to them or buy their shit or do anything right. that involves them. And it's more powerful if you don't say anything. If you're a group and you don't like, uh, you know, um, we'll use a topical one that just came up, Brian Callen right? Who's like, I'm innocent. The girl, the ladies are saying, no, you're not. If you don't like him, express your voice right now, obviously. But if you don't like him, when his TV show comes on, don't watch it. And don't say a thing. There's a powerful thing in silence that I think we've forgotten in the social media world. I think there's, there is. There's a powerful thing in, hey, how come no one showed up? Oh, you're an asshole. Huh? Yeah, you're an asshole. No one showed up. But I have really cool parties, you know. Jolene's parties, she doesn't have a pool. So why is everyone going to her house? 
Why, why oh, you know my parties her? are going to be awesome. <laughs> they are going to be awesome. But you're nice <laughs> and you're fun to be around, right? That's so, right. I'm a so imagine two right. people are throwing parties. One person's got the dope house and they're loaded and they're like, okay, look at me, but they're an asshole. You don't have to yeah. go on social and be like, I can't believe this fucking prick's throwing a party. No, no, no. Just don't yeah. show up. Don't and show go up. To someone else's and support that other person. Take that negative energy, take that 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 darkness, if you will, and instead turn it into positivity and put your energy into someone that deserves it. Put your voice into someone that deserves it. The world will be a better place. And you're going to be happier because you're not putting out negative stuff. You're putting out positive stuff. You're helping someone else um, excel or you're helping someone else feel good by, you know, choosing their event and, and, and making yeah. them feel special. Right. Get that crazy. bad juju out of here. Right? Like, no. I'll tell you what, COVID's turned me into such a fucking weird hippie. <laughs> and I well, love it. uh yeah. It took me, I mean, my whole life has turned me into a weird hippie, so <laughs> I was ahead of the, the curve on that one. You're you know, it's it's interesting. So I want I want to get back into this your your world real quick as, as Beetlejuice is going on here, which is a crazy world. This kind of 50s, not 50s. I like how Tim Burton mixes it seems like generations. Yeah. You've got the 80s Volvo, you've got the 40s fire truck, you've got the 50s store, you've got the barber sitting outside waiting for somebody, but he's old, he's, you know, you've got all these things, right? And he's mixing generationally all these things, I, I mean, maybe to show depth or to, I don't know what the, the conceptually what it is. I mean, I, obviously, um, I would like to have an idea of what I think it could be, but I think it's amazing, but I think it also shows perspectively, especially for this movie, right? Um, how they navigate when they're hanging out with Beetlejuice, A, but B, why they approach problems or traffic or things a certain way. And some of that honestly has to do with, oh, because there's still a, you know, there's still a bridge. You're still slowing down for the dog crossing the street. You're still doing all of these small town things, even though it's the 80s or whatever it is, right? Right. And that... You know, I, I think that's pretty cool. I think there's a part of it that, 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 that's, uh, that that's very, very, very interesting. But in your travels, you know, one of the things- I don't, I to... I don't think it would have worked so much in, on that note. Yeah. I forget, because I'm, yeah. I'm ADD, but um, I think, yeah, I mean, I don't know that, you know, that house, that vibe, that everything would have worked if it weren't, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, right? I mean, in the middle yeah. of LA, that just, that didn't make sense. That's true. <laughs> That's true. If that was, if this was, you know, Los Angeles or, you know, Chicago or New York trying to mix those things in, it wouldn't have made sense. You're absolutely correct. Do you... Chicago, I don't know. Chicago has a lot of haunted houses, but, but still, you know, yeah, like the, the snootsies had to come out and see, yep. you know, Catherine O'Hara, the mom and, you know, and, and be all posh around her and snooty and yeah. So Do that's that kind of how it works. It's interesting. So... That's the same trip for Schitt's Creek. Is it really? Well, know. yeah. So you take this. I've never watched Super Creek. wealthy family. So I've never watched super the show. Super wealthy family. Oh, okay. You you'd love it. So you take the super wealthy family, and basically, uh, they're counting all of their money, kind of a thing, or was everything. So they lost everything, but they had this little town that he bought for his son a few years ago as a joke, because it was called shit. And so. That's all they had, so they had to move there. And so they moved to Schitt's Creek and live in this little hotel. And it's like, you know, that interaction of 
what's existing there and then bringing their own yeah uh, anyway i don't need to we don't need to go to Schitt's creek go ahead with the uh, beetlejuice but yeah no Make so but be, before we get too too deep into Beetlejuice here, and like I mean, people are like, "You're going to get deep into a movie?" Never. That's true too. But I want to ask you because you know, um, I'll. I want to get your perspective. Uh, you you've traveled a lot. Uh, you've you've worked in a lot of different countries. You you've gone around a lot. Mm -hmm. Every time you come home, if you can think back, right? You've come home. Oh, yeah. What are the things you missed that changed? And what are the things you're like, you fuckers still haven't figured this out? I'm so disappointed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you don't mean something just missing, like I miss this kind of food. But you mean, so here's one that I'll tell you that was the first time that really, really shocked me. And it just, I, I'm, I'm not going to get political, but uh, I mean, it, it is a political thing, but when I You're political, you left, know, this is the part this listen, this is talking to your movies. You can do whatever right. you want, kid. Come on. Okay. But you know, uh, when I left and, and you know, my age, I'm a few years older than you said, so when I left to move to London, Oliver North was a traitor. He had sold secrets, you know, he had sold, you know, Oliver North. Do you remember him? Oh, I had I had a sweatshirt because my parents were a little right of the sheriff of Nottingham. I had a sweat great reference, Jason. You're very welcome. I had a sweatshirt that said Ollie North for president that I bought at Maurice's menswear when I was in the sixth grade. It was a white sweatshirt with green print. And it said Ollie so North you were for President. Too, you were too young to wear it ironically then. Yes, I was way too young to wear it. I didn't know what I was wearing. Yeah. And so that's what like freaked me out. Like we, we left, I mean, we were gone and we, you know, so we stayed in London for a little, like about three months working. And then we traveled around uh, Europe for a month and a half. So that's four and a half months. Mm -hmm. We come back and he's a national hero. And we're like, what the fuck actually happened? <laughs> like, oh my God. And I mean, there was this huge spin and everybody was like, Ollie North, he's a great guy, he's a patriot and a hero. And I feel like those are the kind of words used about him that we're hearing used about people today that like, you know, are, but that was a fucking shady thing he did. He should not have been a hero. And so that was super weird to me just seeing like the perspective on, you know, and, and again, so maybe some of this stuff, I mean, it, it is Alec Baldwin, you know, it's like, you just have to kind of wait for the turn of the news cycle, you know? You're not, you're not the worst shithead they've heard of anymore. But Ali North obviously had some great lawyers and spin doctors and, and all of that, but it was like, what the hell happened? He was, he was part of that Reagan PR machine then. They just, they knocked out of the park. You can, knocked I can dislike it all day long, but I'll tell you what, now you're in the news. How do you, how do you met, like I heard, you know, um, dear friend. I call him a dear friend. He's like, are we friends, Jason? I'm like, we are friends, Brian Mays, Caveview. Now at night, six, was it five, six, and 10? <laughs> Check him out. I don't, I don't, I don't do um, news in the morning anymore because it was affecting my daughter. Yeah. She was, lot, it was right really, now. it was affecting her. It's, it's too much. It's always, it's there's too always much. too much shit. And this was way too much with COVID. So we turn, we don't watch things. We listen to music. Uh, we play on the iPad. We read, we do other dumb shit, right? Um, but we, um, you know, we, uh, 
you know, I was, I was talking with him, he goes, what, he goes, news needs to get back to being news. Stop being opinionated and just start doing news. Just, re, you know, if you want to, you can have your opinions, obviously, wherever you want to have them. But for him as a news broadcaster, right, he's like, I just, I'm, I'm outside of my opinion that UT is going to win every year. And even though I'm wrong, news is news. Like, here are the numbers, here are the facts, you decipher outside of that. Right. Right. We're good. We're done. Or and, it's an editorial. Yeah, or it's an editorial. How do you balance in this in this crazy world where you're interviewing and talking to people and they have an angle, right? And then you just have your background of wealth of knowledge of traveling all over the world of seeing different cultures. You have a, a level of insight onto the way people try to manipulate it. It's probably greater than anybody else's because you've seen so many different angles from so many different parts of the world. How do you balance that and still put out, you know, um, which unfortunately our agencies destroyed this, but a fair and balanced, real, honest article. How do you do that? Okay. I've been so wanting to ask you this me, for a long time. Thank you. Um, first, let me say, I, you know, I don't write hard news. I mean, I will say, so I write right now essentially for two, like I write regularly for the Austin Knot, and that's yeah. a blog and our whole focus and purpose and mission is to uplift, you know, local Austin hyper-local businesses and, sure. you know, Austin sure. and other small businesses, like we do a day trip or whatever, like, but that's, you know, that's our focus is to lift up Austin businesses. And it's, so I'm choosing from something I love and something I feel passionate about in a positive way. You know, I don't write, I mean, if I go to a restaurant and it's a terrible experience, uh, I'll choose not to write about them. And that's true whether I go and pay by myself or whether, you know, if the PR company invites me and they, you know, they said, we'd love for you to come have an experience so that you can, you know, help the word out. And I, I mean, I'll just tell the PR people, I'm like, I, you know, honestly, these, are, I would like to address this with you so you can address it with the restaurant and maybe it's something they need work on retraining or service or maybe you know everybody has a bad day I worked in restaurants for 10 years I get it like you know some things just aren't going to go right and sometimes it's like dominoes and so you want to give them another chance to you know uh hear the honest feedback but, but, but also without putting it in a public forum like, yeah I'm real quick let me let me interrupt you real quick and I apologize but I think it's crucial what you just said there you don't run after one bad incident and go, I'm going to burn this mother down. No. You know, you're like, hey, I worked in restaurants and, you know, and, and I get torn, right? Because I'm like, there's a part of me that goes, yeah, you know, and there's another part of me. I always, I, the response gets me and I'm not a journalist, right? I am just a guy who likes to hang out and have some beers. And I've gone to places where I've had a bad experience and they've asked me, I'm like, hey, I was back here. It's like, shit, can I fix this? I went to one restaurant right around the corner from my house big new management opened back up and I was like with my kids like let's try it and I was like absolutely let's do it hair in the french fries I walk in and I go hey man there's hair in the french fries and I'm like can you just come over here like let's go over off to the side away from the line of people there's hair in the yeah. french fries they're like that sucks I was like no there's hair in the french fries like, get they're it like, away from me. Bring me like, new fries. You, you take them away from me because I don't want them. And the guy's like, yeah. man, that's really horrible. Huh, well, okay. I go, are you the new owner? Yeah. Oh, that was the owner? <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> well, I just looked and I, you know, I 
I just handed him the French fries. He goes, what do you want me to do with these? I'm like, well, I'm not eating them. There's a hair in them. And my daughter's not having them because she's, she'll floss later. But thanks. I, I got to go. And you know, we left. And then someone would ask me, hey, should we go here? And I said, listen, this is just my experience. I didn't put it right. out online. I didn't, you know, blow it out and just go, hey, <laughs> these people but are the owner cool. doesn't care how our, how is anybody going to care? Yeah, and then why should I care? Yeah. Right? About, right. Come on. So I'm back to your story. So, yeah, yeah. So back to your thing. Because I, I really find that respectful that, you know, you, you actually sit down, and, you know, or make a phone call or an email and, and address it. Yeah, if I, I have a personal experience, you know, like I've, I've contacted a few places and, you know, one of them is like, oh my God, can we have your phone number, you know, and the GM called me right away and was like, we're so sorry to hear that. That's obviously not how we run things. And this is, you know, please, please come back, let us show you. And I'm like, you know, that's not about me coming back. And I appreciate that. I mean, this was, we'd gone as customers only, like nobody, you know, knew who I was or whatever. And, and not like, but you know, if the Asanat has a big name. I'm not saying I do, but you know, like, I, and I was just there on my own personal lunch time. Like after Barton Springs, it was a nice afternoon, but I was like, Ooh, ah, you know, <laughs> fortunately after we finished lunch, but then we we're like, okay, time to go. And but I didn't go back for a year and I, I love that place now, but I mean, they handled it right. I mean, it, you know, I just said, look, it'll take me a minute to unsee what I saw. <laughs> And I, I, you know, and I know that's one server on a bad day and I'm sure you're going to talk to them and I, I have every faith that you're going to take care of this and that that is not the way you run things, you know, and thank you for contacting me and all of that. But, you know, now I love that place and I'll go anytime and I'll tell people all the good things about it and never mention that incident again with a name attached to it. But, you know, then I went to another place and just had terrible, terrible service. And I may have left before I got my food. Um, or I may have just asked for it to go box when I got my food. Cause I was like, ugh. and you know, but I private messaged them on Facebook. No, no reply. So I mean, yep. you know, go with the one that tries to make, make it right. They want to hear what happened. They want to address it. And, you know, I mean, hell, I waited tables for 10 years. Like I said, I mean, I had a server, a, a buddy of mine, a server who's very popular. Cause he's like this cool little quirky dude. Like, I, not cool, cool. <laughs> he was a lovable, quirky dude. And you know, but like, I remember a customer said, Oh, these fries are cold. And he went, Really? And he's put his hand on him and he goes, Huh, they seem pretty warm to me. And then he grabs one and he eats, he bites it. They're just like, Uh, he goes he's your like, fries, you want some now, more bro. fries. And they're like, Yes. So he goes and gets some more fries. But you know, it was not his first reaction. His first reaction was, all shades of wrong and that restaurant's still around and they've won a james beard award since then wow now, that was obviously when a long long time ago when i still lived in houston but so you know it's just like one one server one bad day one bad experience but like you say like it'll be a long time before you go back to that restaurant i'm assuming yeah i mean you know when it comes to the kid they're you know kids are already picky so i don't i generally don't you know roll back if i've had a bad experience um yeah there's too many good restaurants there's too many good places to, to eat there are. and even good restaurants when i get bad service and i reach out like you like i, re I was gonna yeah. you know i don't i don't like i understand but i don't like i, I want to preface right. this right i i understand that that uh the current economic situation that we're in has brought stress to to restaurants and, and picking up things to go 
for certain yeah. groups. I also know we've had food to go since I've been a kid. I've yeah. never known a restaurant not to have food to go. So right. there's a part of me that's also not very patient about it. And I went to one local place that offers beer and all these other things. And I walked up to the front. Yeah. They had the, the gun, they're ready to go. Are you dining with us? And I said, no, I just came by to grab some beer. Okay, well, can you go on, go online, go to our website, open up by beer, pick out what you want to buy, and then in about 10 or 15 minutes, we'll bring it out to your car. I'm like, no, I'm standing here at the door. Like, can I just walk in and just, I'll grab it and leave and I'll just give you the credit card and here you go. We're good, right? And they're like, no. And so I left. And then I messaged them and I said, hey, I know things are new. I know things are changing. I know you're trying to protect your patrons and your staff and I respect that. But can I not just come in and, I'm just curious, can I not come in and buy beer? I just don't know because I don't see your place And they also had like dine-in or drink-in yeah, at the they time? Had dine -in. Yeah, they had dine-in at the time. Yeah. And so I was just confused. So I reached out and I said, hey man, can you just help me out here? Never responded. Yeah. And so I've just never bought their product again because uh, you know what? I love, I love Amy at Independence. I think they do an amazing job. I love the crew at 12 Fox. Listen, I'm biased. Amy's been on the podcast and she brought me a shit ton of beer and she's been nothing but amazing. Right. Yeah. And she's just, she's a great person. She's a great. We all have our favorites and yeah, you know, yeah. we got our neighborhood favorites. or friends or yeah. Like I love the ABGB. Come on. They're doing everything right. Like they mean, always have. I love St. Elmo. I love beer burn. ABGB is, I mean, it's, folks take notes, go, take go, notes. go sit down and see what they do. They are so dialed in from beer to pizza, same quality. That's the other thing. Quality giving back to the missed. community. Yep, but quality's not missed. They're <clears throat> not sacrificing quality in this time. And God bless mm -hmm. them. So much respect. So, so much respect. respect. You know, I have to tell you, like, I went there. So when I first got back to Austin, that was the first place I went to. <laughs> yeah, I've been gone. You know, I was quarantining for a long time with my parents, yep. so four and a half months, right? And so I get back to was Austin. Was it four and a half months? Has it been that long? Four and a half months. Well, the, the last time I talked to you was probably two and a half months ago. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but um, yeah. Well, you know, it, it was all good. I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I'm home. So, but my first place, I was like, I have to go to ABGB, and I've been watching them online and the, their protocol. And so I went and I, you know, ordered it to go and ended up getting curbside, and I got a couple of slices, even though one will do, you know, and no, two, two's better. <laughs> <laughs> I got two, but yeah, um, I got, and I got like a three pack of crawlers, you know, and got my big mama red and my Hellas and, Ooh, oh, and then it was mama red. Big mama red is the jam. It's That's my favorite jam. beer they make. That's my favorite it's beer. So good. Mine too, except for if I'm going to have, you know, more than, too then i need to do like a hellas or something because big mama red big mama, will, big mama will get you <laughs> well yeah i know but i mean it was like oh they're just so sweet and, and so i just see cursa they came she came out and she was like she saw me we start talking and i was asking about her and her family and haven't seen you in so long and oh my god we started we both started crying a little when she walked away and like blue kisses to each other and i mean that's like how you feel about abgb and they're so good to their community too they always give back they're like dope they're awesome i have you seen what um uh, and this is a very you know for, for the by the way the the number one city downloading this podcast right now 
you can change this, but I'm just saying the number one city right now downloading this podcast is Moscow. Kicking Austin's ass. I'm an Austin local. Damn it. Okay. What the hell, Jason? Moscow is just picking this shit up and they're running. Hey, Moscow. What up? ABGB. Most of the Forest Natasha. ABGB. Yes, when you come to Austin, you need to visit the ABGB. Visit the ABGB. You got it. And the other group that's really been, I don't know if you've been watching what they're doing. Have you seen what the Rustic Tap's been doing? No. So Friday, Saturday nights. I've been there, but I haven't yeah. seen it. Friday and Saturday nights. They are, um, they're doing live music from there for Facebook. Oh, cool. And live oh, streaming. Get, live streaming it. Yep. I love it. It's so awesome. So I see it pop up. I listen a little bit, right? I'm in the house, hanging out, listen, share it yeah. on my Facebook. Uh, I just, you know, I'm, I'm, it's, it's amazing what, what they're doing. And I'm, I'm, so, I'm always so impressed with Brett and the team and, and how they do that. Hard left turn, as you know, this podcast does, getting out of Do the it. Austin local scene. Once again, we're going back to your travels. Uh-huh. We're going to go to your travels and your childhood a little bit. I want to, uh, I want to figure out and I want to understand <laughs> in a movie where we're watching, you know, about the afterlife, one, from different areas, what did you see about how they interpreted the afterlife or what we see that's different from here? And then two... Let's talk about ghosts and, and, and dark corners and, uh, and monsters under the bed. Okay. You know, and whether you believe in them or not. But first, your travels. Because, you, you know, you've, you've hit both sides of, of, of the pond, if you will, uh, of both I, ponds, right? And, and you, you've been able to spend time with, with kids, with adults. So what's the craziest thing you've probably, and, and crazy is a relative term, obviously, um, what we think is crazy, they're just like, no, that's called, it's called Tuesday. And where we, they think we're batshit crazy. We're like, no, that's called Sunday service. So I'm not, I mean, I mean it obviously with hyperbole, but what's the, what's the one thing where you're, you're, you left you a, maybe a head scratcher and where's another one where you're like, oh shit, that's really inventive. I really like that when it comes to the okay. afterlife. This isn't the ghost of the afterlife. Okay. Sure. Well, one thing that I learned, I'll say in London and in Europe, pretty young and ignorant and just be bopping around waiting tables and partying. So, you know, I learned a lot, but I wouldn't say like, you know, I wasn't in any one place, like London was the longest and that was again around three months. So I, you know, I wasn't there long enough to really, and, and I was working with, I was working illegally in Covent Garden. So I didn't oh, wow. really even work with that many British people. <laughs> we had our student visas, but uh, my boss said, uh, we're just trying not to bring attention to like all the foreigners we have working here because you're like we literally don't have anybody legal working here like the British waitresses there like uh, were on the dole uh, so they were double dipping them that the dole is uh, welfare in, in or was I don't know oh, if okay. it still is, but in the UK uh, and then yeah I mean all the people that work there I mean Spain a lot of Brazilians that's where I gained my first love for Brazilians and appreciation for Brazilians. Uh, my Brazilian bartenders, uh, Lucio especially, and then my friend Denise and Chafika, and, and then a guy from Thailand, a girl from Poland, which is interesting because Poland was still behind, you know, the Iron Curtain. So Grace was like, okay, that's the thing I learned there, I would say. Like Grace was the thing that I learned 
from that USSR kind of the Iron Curtain sort of still the Eastern Bloc countries sure was um, it was a very you know we're I'm from Texas I'm from the United States we're like I'm a waitress and I mean I'm sure people in New York would feel the same way as Grace did in some ways but you know I'm like oh you know customer service loyalty to our customers like what you know like bend over backwards make them have a great day make them happy you know sure and so i'd ordered an orange juice at the at the you know and i was waiting at the little window bar we're like out on covent garden these tables outside right by the busker clock the big busker clock in covent garden if you've ever been there there's a big clock where everybody busks and it's almost like they're on a schedule so like once an hour or 30 minutes like the, the act changes and they do music and stuff like that and anyway so we were there and, and I ordered an orange juice and the bartender gives me the orange juice and says, oh, that's the last orange juice. And so Grace walks up and she hears that, but she grabbed it and drank it. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. I was so young and innocent. I was like, what have you done? You drank my customer's orange juice and it was the last one. And she goes, hmm, I was thirsty. <laughs> You know, it's just like she comes from a culture. We we talked long about her culture after that. Like, you know, she was married, and I don't think I don't think she had kids then, but she did have, you know, parents, aunts, and uncles, and 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 family back in Poland. And so she was an English teacher. So she came to London to teach English, and was wait, waiting tables. And like I would say, the worst you know paying job i've ever had because you know they don't tip them we're getting paid you know <laughs> illegal exploitation ranges like 85 pounds a week which you know at the time was about 150 dollars a week to live in london which is always been one of the most expensive plus tips i mean i'll tell you like when i worked nine in the morning to nine at night with a one hour break the most tips i got and you know i was given some kick-ass texas style service was like 26 pounds which is about 50 bucks for a day damn like six days a week we each had a day off usually my best friend and roommate that i lived with and worked with and traveled with and i didn't have the same day off it was, it was a <laughs> it was a job that every 20 year old should deal with you know what i mean oh it's just yeah. a situation yeah but it was like what and so i just couldn't understand why she would drink the customer's orange juice but i mean I really, you know, I'm like, well, that's, you know, she told me how some things were at home, but that she was working this job, like, again, shit money, but to take it back home so she could buy a house with this money that she saved up. And I'm like, I don't even have enough money, you know, to buy rates. <laughs> you know, I, I can't pay entrance to any club. You know, this was like my, my concerns at the time. But uh, yeah, so very different reality and you know you just realize like oh well she and i'm like well why don't you just stay here that's terrible such an ignorant american point of view but i, I was ignorant you know I'm, I'm giving it just naive i hadn't known you know we don't learn about how people live in these other countries just in like they live differently from us and our way is better right yeah so i mean that's really kind of what you're taught whether overtly or covertly but you know i mean it's just there's always that underlying sort of is the way oh, things no, should be. It's, it's the, way, it's, the way, the way, the way everybody from all around the world, the way you grew up is the way you think things are and should be. Let's sure. just say and that. That's, and that's overtly. It's just like, hey, they that's do things overtly. differently. Yeah. I mean, that's just your life. Ours is better, but learn how to respect it. 
you don't, yeah, you don't know any better. And that's why everybody should travel and take yeah. some shit. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I just love Grace. And so she was just like, oh, I'm like, why don't you stay here? And she's like, well, there will be, you know, reper repercussions for my family. And that is terrible. And, and, you know, she's like, they, you know, my, my parents are there, my aunt and uncle, and my, my husband and I, and she's like, I choose to stay here, you know, teach English. Uh, and she was taking like a course to go back to Poland and like, I think she taught like diplomats and everything. And she's like, you know, I can go. Oh my God, I said her name, Grace. Anyway, but she's like, you know, I can, she's like, I can go back and like say, oh, you crawl on the ground like you're a cat. Like, and then, you know, like just have them do all these fun, interactive, like English as a second language things sure. to these big, important men and women, but mostly men, right? If you're in the high in the government there back then and that era. I'm giving so many qualifiers. You know what I'm saying? No, I know what you're saying. It's all good. This is, this is my perception. But yeah, so that was weird. But I mean, she just, yeah, it was better for her to come here, you know, take her classes, save the money, go back, be a better English teacher. But you know, then you got some working sober brain. Like she enjoyed like having a little bit of power over these important people who needed to learn English, you know? Mm -hmm. She had a skill that they didn't have one that was in demand. And that's in a country where it's very hard to get to that level or be at that point, you know, mm -hmm. but then at the same time, she's working the same shitty job for crap money that she was going home to buy a house with. And I couldn't, you know, save enough money to save my life, you know, paying some and living in a shitty flat. And I mean, that was the thing too. Housing was a shock. Housing was a shock space in London, but yeah, for space real, in really different cultures. Yeah, there's there isn't any. No, there's not. I remember we got a hotel. We were traveling. We go over to London, and there's like, like, oh, we got a good deal. Oh, the bathroom is for the floor. The whole floor. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I, mean, oh, yeah. I, I mean, this is European vacation style. I'm in the shower, and there is a girl getting grumpy on the toilet. I was like, oh, God. and she's just like, <laughs> like no, no, no. Bad food. Oh, oh. didn't care. No shame in her game. She's like, I got a shit champ. I was like, I'm in a hot shower. These don't mix. She's like, well, guess what? Don't care. Right. And, and who knows where she was from either. I mean, you yeah, know, I too. Know she was I, mean, from. I wasn't poking my head. Right. Hey, do you mind? And I was just like, oh, yeah. okay. This is just disgusting. Oh. This is crazy. Yeah. Do you want, you know, where, I, so I used to live, it's funny, I've lived in some crazy haunted areas. So Northwest Montana, the Flathead Valley, uh, the, uh, the Indians talked about the ghosts uh, oh. because of the way the valley works and the heat and, and, um, and then the coolness and the, the way it from there? above. Yeah, it's just, there's some weird fog and there's some other- oh, Speaking of ghosts, look at the screen. Okay. Is it in like the green background? Okay. But there is, there's, a, there's, there's this darkness uh, in the Flathead Valley, and, and the Native Americans talk about it. they talk about the um, the spirits. Yeah, I lived in Portland, uh, Shanghai tunnels, you know, which that people say are haunted. That's where we got the term Shanghai from, right? A guy would go into a bar, be drinking it up, and the floor of the bar would just disappear, and that person would fall into a tunnel. And if they when lived, was that? Oh, uh, this was in the uh, late 1800s into the early 1900s. Uh, Portland, Seattle, and San Francisco were the three biggest human trafficking cities 
Oh yeah. Because they're just stealing so, trap people. Trap door. Yep. And you'd there you take go. Them. Well, so then the, the ship captain would buy you, right? So you'd work off what that ship captain paid for you on your trip to China. Yeah. And you'd load up the boat and you'd come back. And if you lived, right, then you got paid. But people got often, um, they got kidnapped or taken multiple times. If you're a good worker and you made the trip there and back, that was usually 18 months, sometimes 24 months. You're gone for two years. You're finally back. What do you want? A drink. Let's go get a drink. Talking to that nice lady again. And then the floor comes out and you're gone again. And heaven forbid in those cities, right? If it rained, because that means you were dead because those tunnels flooded. Yeah. Right. So those tunnels are haunted and they're dark. You know, people say they're haunted and they're dark. And then you come to Austin, Texas. And some pretty angry souls. Some pretty angry souls, right? And then you come to Austin, you've got the Driscoll and you've got some other haunted areas here in Austin. And uh, you have some good and, uh, and, um, and dark history here, if you will. And in all of that, you know, it's like a three areas of, of what you'd call the afterlife or the spirit world or whatever that may be. It's pretty interesting because, you know, I, I've seen so much of it. I was, you know, I was out on, uh, I used to run uh, Marlin tournaments and, and out on Catalina Island. There's, a, there's still an all men's club out there. So California law, right? If you have less than 99 members, you can be all women, all men, whatever you want to be. Don't okay. include anyone. You have less than 99 people, you're in. And there's this men's fishing club out there that um, all of these, I mean, Chaplin and, and you know, the, the Wrigley family, right? They, they all were, mem- all the men were members. Right. And people swear this place is haunted as can be to where the fishermen who used to go and you know tie lines walk the halls and they have the fishing poles and the, the fishing poles rattle at night as they try to get them out the old real fishing poles and they're hanging up line and they're drawing line as ghosts all throughout this area and the island's super i mean listen that island is fucked up and weird but you know it's funny uh, being around all of that growing up around it moving to cities seattle being in san francisco being in portland uh and then being out here and being you know spending literally a month at a time out on catalina island running these marlin tournaments all of that never saw a ghost never saw a spirit never saw an apparition never saw shit you were just kind of out there like day trippers right i mean i was out there for the whole month i was out hanging out i was having a good time I was just you were there like you stayed overnight and stuff oh yeah i stayed there for a whole month okay i thought it was like a thing like no no so we would we'd actually i'd go out there for catalina i'd go out there for at least a month and i'd be out there uh you know i'd get up at three in the morning be on the docks i'd get all the fishermen set up on everything they needed then i would do the the live read reports for um the people that follow sport fishing right they'd do all the live read reports be like hey this is going on uh bad companies hooked uh marlin um you know Team Fish Reel has, you know, and uh, despite alimony, uh, both lost swordfish, whatever it may be, right? You just kind of do those reads sure. all day long. And they come in and you do the live announcement for the people at the docks that are waiting for the marlin or the swordfish to come in and you're doing the live announcement there. And then you clean everything up, package everything up on the end of that dock, take it all away, and then come out at three in the morning the next day and do it all over again. You and just slept through your, you just slept through your hauntings. <laughs> yeah, right. I was just, just drunk and exhausted. Everyone would be done at five. You'd go grab dinner. You'd drink till, you know, midnight. And then shit, yeah. you're up at 3 a.m. And you just 
but it was yeah so i never saw anything and I, and it and i don't i don't say it like as because then i dismiss it as it doesn't exist i just wonder what it takes to see it because i don't yeah. know because i believe there's got to be a part of you that wants to see it and and i believe there's also has to be a part of you that maybe doesn't want to see it if that makes sense yeah. right Oh yeah, a hundred percent. So yeah, Mexico is a place where I felt very strong. Okay, so the first time I saw a ghost, and I have, a ghost visited me, and it was my grandmother, and I definitely wanted that. I'm the okay. oldest grandchild. She died very young in her seventies, and you know, uh, we it just I was yeah I don't know. So she came and visited on my. I was in her house for the first time since the funeral in a, in a few months. And I was like, uh, you know, I was just trying to move on with my life. I was grieving, but also like, I felt I it didn't have the correct amount of empathy for my mom and my aunt who were grieving. Like, you just talk about it every day, like six months later, you know? And it's like, cause I mean, it just hurt, hurt me to hear it, you know? And I, mm-hmm. I lost a grandparent, but I didn't lose a parent, you know? And she was awesome. So we all were grieving so hard. And I just think it was just, you know, my way was to more like not think about it as much, you know, when they were really trying to work through their grief. And, sure. but yeah, then I, I took a little nap and it was a short couch. Cause you know, I'm six feet tall and it was like about a, I don't know, four foot long couch that she, but the last year of her life, I mean, spent a lot of time on that couch with her two little Shih Tzu dogs and, you know, she had the oxygen tank and, um, most of the time. But anyway, she just spent a lot of time on that specific couch and I just was tired and took a nap, which was pretty strange for me at that age because I was pretty young. But I mean, I want to say like 20 or something. And, um, but yeah, and then she came and I don't know. Did she say anything to you or was it just like a feeling like a I talked to her. She didn't talk to me. Okay. And because I was trying to get her to talk and I'm like, why won't you talk? And I was like, yeah. And it was just this, you know, kind of this, she just imbued a calm into me and, and love and pure love and came and, and physically like hugged me. Like I physically felt a hug. And I mean, I wasn't still asleep. I mean, it's a weird kind of people can say that's a dream, but I mean, I, I think we talked about this in a previous um, podcast maybe the last one but I've had like these psychic dreams and like where things come true in the news that I have sure. um, seen but it was that feeling and that's how I know those dreams are going to come true like if they're dreams because it was like the same feeling I had at this so much kind of like I guess open up the doors mm-hmm. but then when I lived in Mexico she came to visit me there and and that was really interesting because then you know that was one experience and i told my mom and i'm like it was like i was i you know i don't believe in ghosts but she was really here you know <laughs> i mean i i did and i mean if I, I went to catholic schools my whole life you really can't grow up without having some open door to that to accepting that there are spirits there are souls you know sure and you know i've never seen like a, a I've never really seen a ghost ghost, but I mean, yeah, I'm, I, I was a, the kid again, going to Catholic schools and I'm like, they're so all in that. And I'm like, okay, I would go home. I, I transferred to Catholic schools in fourth grade. 
I, I started in fourth grade in a Catholic school for the first time. And it was just a lot. <laughs> and the stories of the saints and the martyrs, oh, like that's yeah. about fourth grade stage, you know, and you learn about this saint and that saint. And they were just, oh, you know, I'd rather see my, you know, son beheaded than like ever see him commit a sin. And I'm like, whoa, that's harsh, man. Like, what that kind of love. But anyway, they go, you know, they go saints right and martyrs. Young, right? They go right at a young man, like, so listen, this is a martyr. Are you, what are you, 10? Oh. <laughs> we murdered that motherfucker. Let me tell you why. You're like, whoa, 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 hey. Hey, whoa. hey, 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 hey. You just saw some lightsabers, Jesus Christ, you know? Yeah, let's go to three like, company where we're hugging and just getting <laughs> after a little bit differently. I will, I will say I have been assaulted by a ghost. Oh. This is a, so my buddy, uh, he had this crazy, he lived in this crazy, crazy old place crazy old place in downtown not down in, in hollywood like right okay. behind musso and frank's the oldest restaurant in hollywood uh, great yep. spot if no one's ever been fantastic highly recommend it it's amazing musso musso and frank's it's okay. a old school i mean we're talking old school right? musso moo m-o-u-s musso i think it's o and frank's musso and frank's okay it's okay. it's it's amazing. Great martinis. I don't even like martinis. Great martinis, great steaks, great French dip sandwich. I mean, this is 50 style, just boom, still yeah. amazing. So have that. So that's, that's the area of town that he's in. And he keeps telling me he's got a ghost or he's got like 10 ghosts in his place. And he'll talk to him. It's super high and there's no wind in his apartment. And all of a sudden little branches start moving and tapping the wall. He's like, oh, Helen's here. Oh, this is here. And they'll talk and they'll, and they'll start talking. I'll be like, get that bitch out of here. And then it'll leave. And he's like, dude, you can't say that to the ghost. Like they don't like that. And I'm like, whatever. Well, when I go to LA, sometimes I'd stay at his place. And as I stayed at his place, you know, it's me and his 90 pound pit bull named handsome James Ferdinand, who's a beautiful dog with an amazing story. And, Is it a bull uh, mastiff? No, he's a, he's a pit bull. He's a, he's a blue nose breed. Um, yeah, it's a pretty little silvery gray kind of silvery gray, a little white stripe down the center, about 95 pounds, 100 pounds, all muscle, beautiful dog, beautiful dog, teeny, yeah. huge head, just <laughs> yeah. And this mother, he just wants to snuggle with you. He's like, how do I hang out? How do I get closer to you? How do I lay on you? And I'm asleep, and James is there, and his head's right here, and you're, you're trying to weigh it, right? Is he growling, <laughs> or or is he snoring? Oh shit. I don't want to roll over, but, and all of a sudden I feel my hand go up and I'm kind of awake. I'm kind of asleep and I feel my hand like going up and up and up. And then wham, I gave myself a black eye, slapped myself across the head so hard. So it wasn't like a hand dropping. It was a full on fuck you punch with my own hand. Open hand, I open a hand, bitch slap myself so hard. I love black eye. That's how hard. So it's not like you can bring. And you weren't like loaded or anything. And this was like no. pure. I mean, it wasn't you. Like you're like, what's going on? And yeah, because I'm feeling it, right? So I'm asleep and James. And the dog was here. like aware of something in the room. That's why the dog yeah. was. So he's just kind of like, and I'm like, oh, is this fucking dog growling at me? Like I don't want to get bit by this monster, and he's not going to bite me. I mean, listen, this is the sweetest dog in the world. He's also right. asleep. We're kind of asleep, and I'm kind of asleep. And we're kind of you know figuring it out. It's like four in the morning, and all of a sudden, wham. I'm like, what the fuck? I shot what? up, the dog jumped up, 
looked around, and then walked down to the edge of the bed, and lunged forward, and then backed up, sat down, put his butt right when I was laying down again, just like, what the hell just happened? He put his butt into my armpit, laid down and put his legs across my legs, and then slid his head down like, no, you leave him alone. Protecting and you. that's how yeah. that dog slept with me every night after that happened. <sighs> so he kind of, crazy. yeah, he need, like it was a ghost he was familiar with because they lived. I've got to assume that, right? I've got to yeah. assume. I was, I was going to kick off this podcast and I still want to do it. I got to figure out some other stuff first. Like I got, I got to figure out a better format because I did a couple of interviews and it just it wasn't right. You know, I, uh, I interviewed this lady who makes um, dick slippers. This is what she does. Which, by the way, Tim Robbins, hit this lady up for your next movie. She just makes dick slippers. That's all she makes. I'm sorry, what? Okay. Slippers? Yep, slippers? That slippers that are dicks. Okay. I was thinking, like, dick, dick liver, dick slivers. I'm like, Whoa. wait, wait, wait. Okay. Slippers, Slipper. penis, penis slippers. Dick. Okay. Right, slippers so I, that look like dongs. Yeah. yeah, big old dongs on your feet just running around. She's, <laughs> And she's the sweetest right. lady. She's, you know, yeah. 60, she's like 68 years old. And her, her grand, she's, I'm talking to her and, and interviewing like her. cotton or, you know. She's crocheting it. She's crocheting it and she's got the soul. She goes, listen, she's from Ohio, I think. I think she's from Ohio, right? She goes, my grandkids get so embarrassed. And I say, you know what, bought you that iPad? The slippers Nana makes. And then they stop being embarrassed. I was like, man, Nana's buying people slippers? I said, how do these do? She goes, the gay weddings love me. All the guys get them. I was like, all right, that makes sense. She goes, and the bachelorette parties, it's a winner because the bride has to have dick slippers. And I was like, okay, so I'm interviewing her. I interview uh, this guy who actually came on and did this podcast, uh, owns this fragrance company called Demeter De De Fragrance, and they do every kind of fragrance. Uh, in fact, I hooked him up with a couple of people to do some, he's doing hand sanitizers that actually smell good. Yeah, so like, so great. Imagine, important. yeah, going into a barber shop and you get a hand sanitizer that smells like the barber shop, so you don't have that pungent alcohol push, right? But you're still right, right. You're still being protected. Yeah. You're still washing your hands, and you're not putting that in someone's face and their eyes and all that stuff. So, I interview him for it. We chat about some things. I instantly put him on this podcast because I know it's going to do a lot better for him than kicking it off at, at the other one. And then I was going to talk to this lady, and I just. I've got, to get, I've got to get the foundation better. But I was going to talk to this lady. She sells demon-possessed dolls. No. No, no. No. And it's, no, no. Don't talk to her. Don't invite her in. <laughs> Jason. I'm going to talk to her. I'm going to get her to send you a doll. No. Don't worry. No. I am saying, like, uh, I am not accepting any demon-possessed dolls. Well, any demons that are delivered within doll form to me must leave. They are not invited into my house. You have to let them know. You have to let them know. <laughs> so I was going to talk with this lady because it's crazy. She's like, she's got, I mean, she's on Etsy and she's got all these like five-star reviews. And we're like, hey, Tommy finally came out of his shell. I woke up the other morning and two wine bottles were empty. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and it's like, oh, oh no, are people buying demon-possessed dolls? Just yes, on Etsy like crazy. He's like, you know, Matilda, she's quite a rascal. I'm like, Matilda's a rascal? He's like, oh, she's a rascal. The other day, I went into the closet and everything was off its hangers. Everything piled up in the center of the closet. That Matilda's quite a rascal. I'm like, hold on. You bought a doll 
that this lady told you had a demon in it. You yeah. thought that. And you're excited that you woke up the next morning and all your clothes were off their hangers. Off their hangers, just piled up in the center. And the guy's like, amazing, huh? She's got reviews for every fucking doll. Every doll. And they're crazy. And then she's like, you know, this one's got to be a special home. It's got to be a male-dominated home because this one doesn't respect females and blah, 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 blah. And this one has the soul of a little girl that was murdered by her father. So if you're a man who raises his voice, understand that this doll is going to kick you in the nuts when you sleep. And some guy bought it and was like, bullshit. He's like, I've been kicked in the nuts four times. This is horrible. What are people, but also, I mean, great, great. I mean, I, I, you know, I guess I don't know what it is that people believe in that bring it to life. And if it's really, I, I don't, I can't figure that part out, obviously. But more importantly, it's just, it's like, is there not enough going on in the world that you got to, that you're selling demon possessed dolls and people are I like, just think, okay, so. a, I mean, and I'm a, this is going to sound corny. This is true, though. I believe this is true. It's some dumb white people shit. <laughs> I, I'm just going to say. I'm just going <laughs> to. I am throwing it out there. Uh, I've. Um, dumb white people shit. <laughs> because if you're sensible, you're not trying to invite demons in your home. Like, okay, I mean, I get witchery and all of that like the nature and everything like that that's fine but i'm like mm, no 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 i mean like don't i don't know i'm gonna say something wrong we're gonna be like you're not gonna like, say you know anything I mean? wrong no, no no i'm just saying no it's like i mean it's it's that thing though what you grew up with and you start believing in things like demons and stuff and i mean i'm not saying they're not real but i mean i'm just saying like i as a child that year in fourth grade i started like going to bed every night and say my little prayers you know god bless mommy and daddy and i said bless everybody in the whole wide world bless every soul in the whole wide world like i'm like i'm covering all the bases baby and i'm like also please don't make like an archangel appear to me or anything and ask me to do some hard ass shit because that would fucking terrify me like that was my prayer except for <laughs> the fucking you're like but I was like, please don't choose me please. as your vessel, Lord. I mean, I'm an everyday vessel. I'm not like a Mary vessel. I'm not like an yeah. Abraham vessel. That's just, it's, it's way too much responsibility. It's also I'm really not crazy. Good I think it's funny that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's so interesting what we decide to judge and not judge, right? If you really break stuff down, like oh, yeah. Christians will be like, I can't believe this person believes this over here. Or another religious group, oh, I can't believe this happened. Or someone will be like, who sells demon-possessed dolls? That's ridiculous. I'm like, do you believe in Santa Claus? They're like, no. I'm like, uh, you believe in God? Yeah, it's amazing things. It's like, you don't believe in Santa Claus. Do you believe in God? Yeah. Have you seen Santa Claus? I'm like, I haven't. Have you seen God? Uh, like, it's, our, our judgment calendar is so I see booked. God in every day. Yeah. The birds and the flowers and the trees, and I see Santa Claus every Christmas because I still have something under the tree. That's right, but it's like it's it's the, our judgment calendar is full versus trying to just you know 
Absolutely. Open meet your mind. people a little halfway, you know, yeah. meet them halfway, open your mind a little bit. And also see that if you really break it down in a lot of these stories, they're very, very similar. So yeah. then it comes out, if they're so similar, then who, honestly, who fucked it up? Did God fuck it up? If there's a God, let's just say there's a God. Let's just put that out there. There's a God. Did God mess it up? Or did people trying to get power to create buffers and things that keep control, did they fuck it up? And I would argue. Yeah. Right. I listen to your argument. No, I would would just argue that people really fucked it up. And I mean, we took things and we were like, yes, that's the rule. But let me put a fence on that rule so you actually don't break that rule. I'm going to give you a different rule. So you break this rule, you haven't really broken the bad rule yet, right? So I'm going to put fences on fences on fences. So Mm -hmm. that that attitude and then that um, my thought process is better than your thought process on what the name I call my God versus the name you call yours when our stories are damn near identical. I'm not, I'm not trying to dilute religion down to one. I'm just saying that if we're looking at fallible and we're looking at stories and we're looking at how easily we judge people, perhaps, just perhaps, maybe we fucked this one up too. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I, uh, having gone to Catholic school, yeah. you know, I you know, you know, like, real quick, you know, I was a pastoral ministry major. Like, no, no, no. I'm like, N- huh? Do you know I was a pastoral ministries major in college? No, but I love that. I, I, uh, so. So I'm yeah, with you on the schooling. Yeah. I had to have like only like 12 hours of my undergrad, of, you know, theology to graduate in 12 hours of philosophy that was heavily imbued with, you know, theological. But yeah, so I find it fascinating too. And, but it's also, yeah, I mean, that's when I, before that, I was like, yeah, I'm kind of like a latent Catholic or whatever, you know, deathbed confession, blah, 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 I'm Catholic. Then I was like, no, through education and through questioning the dogma with actually a priest. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, and through a paper, but I mean, through some other experiences in life and everything. And I'm like, hmm, yeah, well, I'm not a Catholic. I am never going to give up my belief in a higher being and a universal creator. And, you know, and mine will always look more like Jesus than anything else. Not going to lie. But I mean, when I was a child, I even like read mythology. I mean, that was... I was a super little kid nerd and I was like, oh my God, you know, do you know, like, I mean, all that Thor shit, I knew all about it, you know, like Roman gods, Norse gods, like Greek gods, you know, um, Chinese culture. I didn't know as much about Eastern, well, because I, I got my world books for children in the Western world, right? So I had a lot of the Western mythologies in there and they had some facts about Asia, but mm-hmm. not their mythologies but that's why in college i mean in your pastoral thing did you take like a lot of world religions and stuff yeah there was a there was a lot of courses on world religions and understanding them and i was i was a big proponent of it uh i have always been the person who goes can we explore this more what can we do that's better um and let's let's look at these world religions and let's really really talk about them and understand where we're at you know I mean, like the difference between you know uh, the muslim faith and, and the christian faith based on abraham right 
It's two yeah. brothers, one turn left, one Wouldn't turn right. Her. Right? Yeah. I mean, they just, they hit the Y in the road and they each went a different direction. So really, how different are they? Um, right. You know, and, and that, that'll offend a lot of people and that's okay. I mean, just do your research. Right. It's, it's not, the, 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 you know, it's, I look at all this stuff and I, I kind of laugh because uh, I will hear these, um, these people talking and like, uh, you know, I, I only read the King James. I'm like, do you know what the King James version is? I'm like, what are you talking about? I said, do you know how we got the King James version of the Bible? No. Yeah, I'm an English major. <laughs> right? King James wanted something that everyone could read. And he also wanted to fly the middle finger to the Pope. So he created his own Bible that everyone could it's read. Prettier. <laughs> prettier, it's easier to read. <laughs> yeah. It's also his interpretation. It's right. a crazy, fat, drunk, white guy's interpretation of a language he didn't understand. Cool. So yeah. you're basing your argument, who you judge, who you want to ridicule, who you want to protest against. You're basing all of that not off of faith in God. You're basing all of that off of a Bible that was influenced by a fat, drunk, white guy who was overzealous with power and to such a point that he wanted to prove the Pope wrong, that he was bigger than the Pope. I can't imagine what that would be like to be under the thumb of a fat, rich, drunk. Well, well, we've got to use history. We have to use history to understand it. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> right. He doesn't drink. The good news is, is that motherfucker doesn't drink. If there's, listen, I know. I was gonna. That's why I stopped and I said drunk. I'm like, yeah, that's right. He didn't drink. Here's the funny thing, and I wanted to put this on Facebook, but I didn't think people would take it seriously. So let's play this game with me real quick, okay? So one, let's say, um, let's say a positive thing about Trump, a positive thing. We got to find one. Let's say a positive thing about Biden, right? Because those are our two presidential candidates, you know, the mainstream ones, right? And then we'll say, we'll, we'll, if you can find one, we'll pick a negative thing about Trump. And if you can find one, we'll pick a negative thing about Biden. So positive thing for me for Trump is that he doesn't drink. And I, and I mean that as a positive because of emotionally sometimes how he handles himself. I can't imagine that motherfucker drunk. That's terrifying. <laughs> I mean, he's hitting buttons. Right. He's like, bing, bing, we're going to this guy. And you yeah. know, like, like Oprah used to do, and you're getting a car, and you're getting a car. And Trump's like, you're getting a nuke, and you're getting, I mean, I'm happy he doesn't drink. And I think that's, I think, honestly, in the grand scheme of things, um, we have overted more catastrophes globally because he doesn't drink. I believe that. I really do. I'm not. I'm, 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 really, I'm really trying to be nice and say I, I applaud the guy that doesn't drink. What is one nice thing you would say about President-elect Donald Trump? Um, he has continued to keep Dr. Fauci on board, and I think that's very important for our nation right now. I like that. It's very true. Yeah. He, um, it's the one place he's bent, right? Where he disagreed with someone and he's fired everyone else. And that's the one place that he's bent and has decided not to. Um, I mean, yeah. So what's, what's your nice thing you would say about Biden? I think he cares about people. And I think that he, do I only get one? <laughs> you get more than one, of course. I mean, okay. Well, I believe that he will. He's Uncle Joe. <laughs> yeah. 
he is used to working with people from across the aisle, as they say, mm -hmm. and actually would put the interests of the people of this nation before his own. I like that. I would, I'd say a nice thing about Joe Biden <clears throat> is Joe uh, is one of the few politicians I've seen, you know, uh, during this cycle of him coming forward, right, wanting to be a president-elect or maybe not being pushed there, I don't know. But he's one of the few that's owned his mistakes and talked about them. Yeah. Uh, and that's very rare uh, across a Republican, Democrat, independent, Tea Party. Yeah. I don't care. We know he's had them. He's, he's had a lot and he's, he's, he's accepted some and the ones he's accepted and big ones. And, and I, and whether he's accepted one, he could have a million mistakes. The fact he's accepted one in, um, in a culture in a soundbite culture where you can take that soundbite and then burn someone into the ground with it. I mean, we've got, we've got a, a, a beautiful history of people making one follow one, one air and, uh, and it turning, you know, turning the tides, if you will. Uh, He's done that, and I, and I do respect that. Now, you only get one, because there's so many, with any person in the position that he's in. I mean, I think, you know, you could argue that the presidential position probably can be changed at some capacity, right? It could, uh, we, can, we can do better. We can probably pick it, figure out a better system. But you get one, what's the thing that you dislike about Trump right now? What's the one thing? No. <laughs> more than ever no, I, see, I mean he does not care about people in this country you don't think so mm -mm. okay I don't I don't know that I don't think he doesn't care about people in this country as much as I don't think he just doesn't care I think he thinks this is fun if you look at every presidential candidate <clears throat> and you can go back to before JFK, I mean, you can go back to Roosevelt. When you're watching them go through the presidency, right? You can watch them age year by year. Barack Obama went in as a handsome yeah. man and he came out 110 years old and he looks better now, like the weight's off of him and he looks better now. He looked better three months after. Yeah, Trump <laughs> is the only guy who, um, who, who it doesn't affect him. And that's the part that gives me concern. Is because that- he didn't care about the people. Yeah, and I don't know if he doesn't care about the people or if he thinks that this is just something that he's good at when he's not. Like I, I, I think there's a, there's a level of of, um, of 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 a lack of understanding of reality with him in some capacity that doesn't let him see his faults, obviously, and at the same time doesn't let him see the impact of his decisions because he just doesn't allow it. Because if it's not great, then it's not him. And uh, and I and I and I think that goes deeper than not caring about people. I think that goes to 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 a whole nother level. Um, that makes me sad. Honestly, it really does because he's got kids, and like or dislike the guy running this country, he's got he's got kids, man. And I feel bad for them because of that being a role model. And I don't know that. I mean his greatest decision in business was to franchise his name and not, no longer buy real estate because he wasn't good at it, right? But he's good at licensing. He's really good at licensing, right? So right. 
his greatest decision was to license his name and create hotels and everything else he wanted to create without the risk. Mistakes, right? the university is not so much. Not so much, but the licensing game is he figured it out early. And, 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 but not uh, paying your contractors, I mean. Yeah, I mean, no, there, there's, a, there's a lot of dark stuff. That's why he doesn't do real estate anymore, right? Because he figured out how expensive it was and how low the margins were. And so I was like, why wouldn't I just let everyone else take that risk? Get called these names of, of what I've done, you know, all, all of those things. Um, but, you know, um, Joe Biden, the one thing that I don't like, but I don't like about any candidate of his age, is I think we can remarkably see a difference in Joe Biden's mental health eight years ago versus today. I think he can. And that, and that doesn't, you know, trust me, Reagan was that way and we ignored it, right? George Bush Sr. is that way, we ignored it. Bill Clinton's last term was kind of that way, we ignored it. He was a little younger, but still, right? I mean, there's, um, I think if you're voting for Biden, and I'm not telling people where to vote, but if you're voting for Biden, you have to really vote for his camp, his cabinet. You have to understand who's his vice president, who are the people around him. Because remember, we voted for a person and we got a cabinet in George Bush, right? And that was Dick Cheney. And that cabinet, <laughs> that vice president, changed a lot of what happened in this, in this country in a very, very negative way. That's why we are here now. And that, well, that's partially why we're here now. Uh, there, there's a big part of partially, that. Of course, partially. Everything. Yeah. Everything. There, but there's, you know, I mean, the, there's a reason why there are the, the, the wars and, and the insights and, and the impacts and, and what's going on because of, of the, the decisions that were made by Dick Cheney, right? And you want to talk about a real monster. Listen, Trump doesn't hold a candle to Dick Cheney. Trump can't carry Dick Cheney's jockstrap. Well, because he's not smart enough. Yeah, he's not smart enough. He's not, and I don't believe he's evil enough. Like Dick Cheney's fucking evil. Uh, but he wants to see the world burn. He only wants to see flames around. And anybody who says like, oh, I don't like your tie, sir. Like, you die. I don't know. This is me. Yeah, but I mean, that's, that's also Let's Dick take a Cheney, break. right? I need to go. Yeah, no. But please hold on to it, Cheney. Trump, can we... Take yeah. a little break or you can chat about the movie because we're like Let's at the good part with the like the scene at the dinner table. I want to rewind it like where they start singing at the dinner table or the, the well, whole dinner table thing. That's a crazy thing, right? So you think about the, the dinner table scene and uh yeah. and one there is a uh there's a dance and cinematography angle in this, right? Amazing. Yes. That's amazing. There is why is it that so we have the gentleman here, um uh, the, the husband, I always forget his name, but he always seems like he could be a good guy and he's always really an asshole. Yeah. And Howard the Duck, he was an asshole. He was the asshole principal uh, in Fairy yeah, I just, Day Off. I, every time I see his face, I kind of want to slap him. You're kind of, you just feel like, oh yeah, so you're a dick. <laughs> like we're casting an yeah. asshole. Right, he always plays a dick. Bless his heart. He's probably a nice guy in real life. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I want to say the because I, I did I did a podcast uh, with Howard the Duck on Howard the Duck, and I don't want to besmirch this gentleman's name, but someone did allude to the fact that he had had some quite aggressive legal problems, unfortunately. But then legal. we also have the craziest legal problem turn it around and make it amazing again into also a, a, a television series 
that um, that almost embodies a little bit of Beetlejuice, but on a very violent angle. Look at Winona Ryder and the crazy world she went through. And then you go to Stranger Things, right? But Winona Ryder, she had flipped her legal thing when she shoplifted. Come on, that's... She did well. She did. She did some other things. She got she got busted a little more. She's just she's she oh, went... like a little like. Yeah, she she did she did she got herself into 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 quite a bit of trouble as a youngster <laughs> and that's okay there's nothing wrong once again she came back i i listen there's nothing greater in america than the comeback story robert downey jr comeback story killing it and i will i will say there's nothing greater in the world than a comeback story right i mean you get a chance to enjoy relive and yeah. celebrate someone who has figured out how to navigate the world I know. how to make it better and and how, to, and how to own their pain and own their mistakes yeah you know I, I wish we would learn more from these people right i wish we would learn more from 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 that environment and from those things because it's impressive man especially when you got the microscope on you like that i don't know about you if you've ever had the microscope on you for a hot second I invented a, with a buddy of mine, a technology called Star 38. I'm of that happening. Well, I, we, we, I, I mean, my death threats made the front page of the New York Times. Spill. Spill the... <laughs> so my buddy and I, we created a technology called Star 38. That's the name, not the action on the phone. Like, who's on the line? Star 69. This was Star 38. If you look at the three and the eight, that's an F, that's a U. It's a fuck you. And uh, Star Star 38 was um, manipulating caller ID. So the reason you don't pay for caller ID right now is because of me. You're welcome. Please send me $2.99. I'm Thank up. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> because it was, because it didn't work. And we proved it didn't work. And when we proved it didn't work, we showed why it didn't work and how it was broken. And in proving why it didn't work, how it was broken, we also highlighted the fact of how bill collectors use manipulating caller ID. So if I know you're in a 512 area code and I want to collect a bill, do I call you from my Chicago call center with a Chicago number, hoping you'll answer? Or do I call you with a local 512 number? Oh, I'm going to call you with a local number. Boom. Instantly get you on the phone. I've got you. I'm one step closer, right? I'm one step closer. Also, you could manipulate and call people and you could, I mean, we could fake things out. We could do, there's a lot of shit we could do from text messages and everything else. Well, the government borrowed it. They haven't returned it yet. And under the Patriot Act, I don't think they're going to return it. But it, would, it allowed them to then break down and understand from text messages to phone calls how to mark and track people because they could get and engage a phone off of a phone number. So if you've got a drug deal going down, right? And you text that person. No, I have no idea. Yeah, and you, move, and you move a location and you're, you're mirroring that number right? You're not that person. So I could text you from my phone to yours and make it look like your mom was texting you or Lonnie was texting you or Elijah was texting you, right? I could do that. Well, now imagine you're in a deal with someone and I text you that information and say, hey, we're going to move the drug deal from Tuesday to Monday night and we're going to go here. You're like, okay. Well, then guess what? I monitor all your communications pre and post. I get all that shit done and then I go bust you. So it was a crazy thing, but there's a whole privacy issue and everyone's like, oh, man, these guys are invading my privacy. It's like, no, caller ID is actually a privacy invasion. And then criminals who are using this to steal from people, because I could call you and I could have caller ID. I can mirror the visa phone number, right? So that's where caller ID works. So I call you with the visa phone number 
and I go, hey, what's going on, Jolene? How are you? My name is Jason. I'm with Visa, as you probably see in your caller ID, and I'm part of the Security and Fraud Division. We're doing that to steal from old people right now. Exactly. Just 100%. So we blew the lid off of all of this, hence the death threats. So the reason I'm proud, I, of, you. I'm proud of you. Thank uh, well, you. I wouldn't be proud of me. I would. I mean, I, I hid in Denver, Colorado for a month. I was terrified. I was getting death threats all day long. It was brutal. But I got a piece of that spotlight for a couple of days. Paris International News, uh, a lot of people uh, wrote about the company and uh, more importantly, my death threats. And um, it was a crazy wake up call of, oh, wait, I probably shouldn't judge people because they're going through this a lot more than I am. Okay. For sure. We going outside. <laughs> yeah, no, I got like, to take my dog outside. He's just- he's, okay. Take your dog out. I'm going to take my dog out. You have to talk. I know. I'm going to talk right now about Winona Ryder and all this stuff. Take your dog outside. I'm going to walk out here with Banjo, get him to use the restroom. People are like, this is really a podcast? I'm like, yeah, it's really a podcast, folks. Relax. Right? This, this is COVID. It's <laughs> a podcast all about, like, I mean, you know. One it's of us, I'll come back on. and then you can have a break, but I have to go to the bathroom and walk my dog. She's got to go to the bathroom and walk the dog, folks, so we're going to talk real quick. So one of the things that um, that we addressed a little bit, and we just probably need to address more. Like, yeah, I'm just, yeah. No, I'm just, I'm talking to the crowd. I'm just talking on, about please. Michael Keaton and, uh, and all sorts of fun. So, I mean, Michael Keaton, you hear that bark right there, folks? That is my dog barking. And I don't even know, it's dark out. I don't even know what he's barking at. This is the craziness of this world is that, you know what? You think Tim Burton's crazy? You think all this stuff's nuts? Have a basset hound. Have a basset hound that doesn't understand what is or isn't going on. And as soon as he's outside, he wants to let everyone know what he's doing. It's absolutely crazy. But folks, back to this really quick. I mean, I would say this, right? And there's a challenge there of understanding the reason I asked Jolene about saying something nice about Trump and something bad about Trump, something nice about Biden, something bad about Biden is, is about balance. It's, it's about this idea of, of going, people aren't perfect and we understand that. And some people leverage that perfection and they get aggressive in that perfection. And, 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 and other people, they, they, every, everything's treated differently. But that said, it's nice to say something nice about someone, even if you despise them or what they're doing or who they are. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, you know, um, it, it, I think it's a good thing to really, really embrace who these people are and, and find one nice thing to say. Because guess what? If you're, if you're, in, if you're, in, a, uh, if you're in, a, in a conversation with somebody, right? And they love Trump or they love Biden, have something nice to say. Don't start off with the negative shit. Listen, we all know the faults of the people that are running for these positions. We all know those faults. However, one of the other things that we know is they have strengths. That's why they got there. They got there somehow. Somehow they got there. So if we know how they got there, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you disagree with someone, one of the things you have to practice always is being positive and saying something nice. And if you can't step up and say anything nice, then how can you engage with someone and they're not going to respect you for what you've said or done because you can't find it in your heart of hearts or anywhere else to say one nice thing about them or one nice thing about what's going on, right? You, 
you've got to figure that you've got to create that balance. It's okay not to like someone. It's okay to petition against someone. I think it's a value, but I think it's also a value if you're going to win in this world and you're going to manipulate and move forward. And I don't mean manipulate in a bad way. I manipulate and understand who you're talking to and why. If you're going to do those things, you have to learn how to say something nice about someone. You have to also learn how to critique yourself. I mean, we talked a little bit about religion and church, right? And I would say this, you want to critique? Learn how to critique your religion first. The reason religion loses, the reason faith loses, the reason things happen that are different, the biggest quintessential part of that is quite simply is the fact that they don't critique themselves. You know, the, 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 the hardest part of any argument, the, the, the hardest part of anything that happens is, is the fact that what? Well, A, you didn't know how to critique yourself. And then B, in not knowing how to critique yourself, right? You just judge the other group. And when you just blindly judge the other group and you just critique them and you don't understand your weaknesses or where you fail or not where you win, but where you fail, then guess what? You lost. You've lost yourself. You've lost your, your, your argument for a better term. And, uh, and you've lost your ability to, to navigate the waters because now you're blinded. And you're not blinded by faith. You're not blinded by the light. You're blinded by the fact that you don't see your own faults. And it starts there and then it, and then it really trickles down and matriculates down in, in, into finding your own faults and understanding your own strengths and weaknesses. You want to write a great resume. You want to grab great conversation. You want to excel at work. You want to excel in life. There's, you can't. You can do it all. But it starts with understanding your faults. You have to know where you're weakest. You have to know where you're weakest. And sometimes where you're weakest, right, is a great great communication and leverage point because that weakness and that vulnerability and being able to say where you're weak or where you need to grow or why you need to grow guess what that does that allows you to also highlight your strengths if you just come in bombastically with strengths you're like this is what i do great this is what i do good but think about your life and think about strengths and weaknesses think about all of these things if you could, like you're traveling. And when I, th when I say think about it like you're traveling, go to the Amazon where, you, where there's growth. In fact, there's so much growth at points in times, right, that you can't actually see the sun or anything. It's so dark. It's dark with growth. But then also look at Mount Everest and get on top of Mount Everest. You can see the curvature of the earth. You can see everything you want to. However, in the highest point on planet earth where you can see everything the greatest point like look all the great things i've done guess what's not there growth in fact nothing grows on top of everest so where do you find the balance of the golden fields of middle america where the growth is waist high you can see the sky you can appreciate the stars you can see the mountains that you want to that you want to to, to climb up at the same time you see the growth at your feet if you can balance those two things, if you can balance your, your weaknesses and where you need to grow with the strengths of where you are so that you're constantly evolving and being a better person, then you've won. And that rewinds back to whether it's a discussion on politics or religion or movies or food or anything else is understanding the weak points and understanding the strengths and not just relying on the strengths, but actually maybe starting with a weak point. 
I love pizza more than anything else. I think, uh, not more than anything else, but I love, as far as a food group goes, I mean, I love, pizza's the best. Pizza is my jam. I could have pizza every day. Qualifier? God, everything, everything. Eat it all. How, so what's, so, you know, so it's like, well, it's, you know, if someone comes and goes, what's your favorite food? Oh, pizza. Oh, I hate pizza. I don't instantly go, oh man, how could you rate pizza? You're a moron. I think, you know what? If I have too much pizza, because of the uh, the um, my age and the tomato sauce, I get a little heartburn. So I get it, man. Pizza can be tough, but there's a part of me that likes it so much. I don't care about the heartburn. What do, now? What I've done is I've disarmed the person, right? And then what do I do? Is I ask, but what do you love that even if it gives you a little burn, you know, you're okay with? Is it the headache from booze, but you love wine? Is it this? Is that what is it? And what have you done? You've taken something of descent a Grand Canyon saying, I like this, I hate this. And you've brought it and you've narrowed it down to a bridge. And that bridge is, okay, well, what, what do you like that, 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 um, that other people may like or dislike, but it's inconsequential the fact that no matter what pain it brings you, you still love it. What is it? Touch green chilies. Yes. Ooh, see, and I'm like getting into hot sauces now and I'm going crazy. Oh, I, bought so a, much. I bought a pineapple. I'm cutting both ends off, hollowing it out. I've got pork marinating in a Carolina Reaper pineapple hot sauce. So I'm gonna take that pork, and I'm gonna shove it into the hollow it out pineapple. I'm gonna take those chunks of pineapple, put it off the side. I'm gonna take that in there, and I'm gonna put the ends back on. I'm gonna put steaks in there. chilies in there? No, that's got, I got Carolina Reapers in there, girl. <laughs> oh, okay. The hottest peppers in the world. Aye! I'm gonna let it cook for like six hours on 185, just slowly cooking in there. I just, and all that sugar, from all the pineapple just sucking into that meat and that salsa, just those, those reaper peppers and that oil from the peppers just burning up. And the people will come to me like, man, I can't handle hot sauce. Why would you even, how is that even good? What would you do that for? And all I think is I can go, oh, you got to toughen up or I can go, hey, listen, I get it. I don't do sours very well. I don't like sour stuff very well at all, but I'm trying to experiment and have some fun. What do you like? What do you do? And I bring all that up because once again, it comes back to engagement. We can decide to be decisive, divisive, or we can decide to figure out meeting points. And sometimes meeting points are exactly the disagreement that should be divisive, but instead bring you closer together because you understand your weak points first. And if you understand your weak points first and you can express them, the respect you get outside of that when it comes to strength and what you want to talk about, you've won hands down every single time it's not about winning jolene is back <laughs> I, but it is about winning i mean it's like yes i mean but i mean you've personally won like you've won as a person you've you've no longer let yourself be um be a be a be a be a slave to the master of i'm right and you're wrong now you've won because you know where you're weak and you embrace it and you know where to make yourself grow. You also know your strengths and where you can teach and you can make other people better. I know exactly how hot of a pepper I can eat. What's the hottest you can eat? I don't know. I mean, a lot, but I mean, it's like, I know when I taste it. I don't know before that. So but I know the ones that have like dangerous names. I'm like, okay, yeah. let's just see. Like there's a cheese made out of this. Okay, maybe the balance of dairy and processing like works like that mm -hmm. because like actually dairy does have a calming 
yeah. factor on the pepper. Like, well, it kills the oil, right? It, it, um, it actually takes the oil from the seed and it, uh, it dilutes that oil without expressing it. Like water and ice will express it. So it'll take that oil like Dawn, it'll just spread it. Whereas yeah. milk condenses it, bottles it up, and then get rid of it. Coca-Cola or something like that, or Gatorade. A little bit of, you know, just try everything until you find the thing that works for you. You I know what that. works for me is like a mint chocolate chip ice cream. Ooh, okay. Because mint is a cooling agent. Sure. No lies. <laughs> and anything with true mint in it, like, will cool one of the pepper hates it's like i don't know if you ever have like if you've ever eaten like that amazing thai meal or indian meal or whatever something like this spiciest most delicious food and stuff and then you're like oh but i'm gonna go out and dancing and maybe kiss a boy because you know i'm a girl and i kiss boys and that's my preference but you know you can kiss whoever you want la 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 but still if you put a mint in your mouth, whether you're yeah. kissing anybody in the future or not, like if you put a mint in your mouth, you can tell the day that it's just like a mint in your mouth and you can tell the days when it actually has to fight the peppers. Have you ever had that? Oh yeah, I, uh, I went to Thailand with my wife and I would go into these sh places and I'd go, I like it hot. And they're like, okay, I'm like, no, no, no. I don't want the white guy hot shit. I want the Thai hot. <laughs> Oh, you're so stupid. I want the top of my head to be wet. I want oh. my collar to be sweaty. I and it was? To, oh, this, I had the chef come out. I was like, not hot enough. Get it. So we're at this resort. I'm like, that, it was cute. It's not hot enough. So I come back. I got the Kosoi guy again, which is this red uh, Thai <laughs> stew with fried chicken legs in it and it's got these mustard leaves and all this crazy God, it sounds so good it's so good it's a big bowl like, this is what i want but i want it hot i asked for it hot last time you guys went huh. i don't i don't care if i'm crazy irish person i want it hot i want to feel the heat from my stomach i want to put my hand on my feel stomach and go, it's warm that's what i want so the chef brings it up he's like here you go hang on you're going to send this right back to the kitchen. I ate that whole bowl and I licked it. And I was pouring sweat. I mean, I looked like I had just got done running, pouring sweat. Did you touch your face? I mean, that's a problem. Oh, when yeah, no, I, got to touch, I don't care. I'm all, I'm, I want to embrace it all. I, want, I got contacts. I'm pulling my contacts out later. I'm like, my eye. I'm putting in the next morning. I'm like, oh, I'm fucking blind. I don't no. care. I don't that's care. too much. I want it so hot. So I get it. And this guy's like, holy shit. We have cooks back here that, that won't eat that. It's too hot. I was like, well, that's where I'm at. My wife says, she's like, what are you doing to yourself? Are you even enjoying this? Are you, having, are you okay? I'm like, I'm not only just enjoying what is wrong it. With you? I'm loving every <laughs> second of this because of the opportunity of, of what it brings me as far as flavor goes. So when I'm making this shit here and I'm, I'm texting my neighbors, I'm like, I'm, in, I'm into hot sauces now. So I've got... I did the Carolina Reapers, hottest pepper in the world. It's a million Scoville, whatever that means. Habaneros. Yeah, I mean, what? Jalapenos are 2,000. So mm -hmm. it's a little hotter than a jalapeno. Uh, I got some habaneros and serrano peppers as well. You know, the problem with making hot sauces from scratch is they don't last that long. Right? They last about a couple of weeks. 
because they're not pasteurized. It's not like, you know, with the main, you gotta, you gotta be careful. Yeah. You gotta boil, you know, everything you're storing it in, you gotta make sure it's super, super clean because this is a growing, breathing, living organism in there. And, and you're just, you're adding shit to it. They get hotter the longer they sit in the fridge. Yes, they do. It's so good. So I let my Carolina Reaper hot sauce <laughs> sit in the fridge for like five days. Then I cut up these pork, these, these pork pieces, real small chunks. And I pour they the sauce They were also like marinated in the pepper. Yeah. And so it's just, so now it's just sitting in there. Tomorrow, cutting open the pineapple, hollowing the center out, shoving that pork in, hammering the ends back on. And letting it slow cook for six hours and just being like here we and then i'm gonna take that out dump it out you know put my gloves on i'm gonna shred all those little pork chunks shreds then i'm gonna take some mango some pineapple and some uh some some red onion and that's oh gonna... no red onions you know onions yeah. are up this they're all fucked up they, i know they we got the giardia but if you have like from a local farm. I got a local, I got a local farm. I got a local farm. I went and got my red onion. That's good. Then you can eat your red then onion. Then I've got this kind of like a kind of a, not a slaw, but kind of a slaw because I use a Greek yogurt instead. So use a Greek yogurt with really thin sliced pineapple, really thin sliced mango, and a little bit of red onion. Toss that up. Put that on top of the shredded pork that's been sitting in Carolina Reaper pineapple hot sauce that then was cooked inside of a pineapple with that hot sauce for six to eight hours on a slider. Welcome to my kitchen. It's out of it's out of sight, dynamite. So what kind of kitchen? Like I mean, what kind of slider? Like what kind of bun? Is it oh, like you gotta, a you gotta bun? use King's Hawaiian? I gotta use King's Hawaiian. Yeah, yeah, it has sweetness. to be like a, that's a Hawaiian. And I gotta toast bun? it. I gotta toast it. Yeah, I gotta toast it. And the perfect way to toast a bun that people mess it up all the time. You don't put, you do not put butter down to toast your bread. You want right. perfectly toasted, crunchy put bread? It after it's toasted. Nope, mayonnaise. Okay. If you go to, and you get a grilled cheese from a, from a diner, that crunch of that grilled cheese is because they did mayonnaise. They don't do, they don't do uh, butter. What? Yeah, okay. you're getting mayonnaise. So people uh -huh. are like, I hate mayonnaise. I'm like, do you like grilled cheese? They're like, I love grilled cheese. I'm like, I don't hate mayonnaise. mayonnaise. So, yeah. I'm not a fan. Uh, that's why I make my slaw with the, uh, with the green. Why not? But it is, yeah, so that's my whole plan. That's what I'm getting after, I'm going after. I'm doing that tomorrow, which I'm super excited about. I am, I am on a, I've been watching that how show. Can I, how can I buy some of this, like, little? Like, I'll hook you up. I got to get it right. I got I to gotta stop drinking so much when I'm cooking it <laughs> so I can actually remember a recipe. People are like, because I gave it some of my name. Okay. like, holy oh, shit, try. this is good. This is really, really good, Jason. Can I have some more? I'm like, I don't know how I made that. Like, what are you talking about? Like, it I'm was spicy. No, that they, they was spicy, but it was good flavor. Like my wife, who doesn't really like spicy, she's like, this is really good. I really like this. This is actually really good. That's because the thing. I like spicy to the point where it still tastes good. You know, like there, there's so many different types of spices and flavors and it's so good. And, but then if it's just like, this is a fucking dare spice, I'm like, that's Stupid. Yeah, you got to be smart. Like I, I rehydrated some some ghost peppers, which are about 500,000, 600,000 Scoville. I rehydrated them and then I cut them up and then I put them in and I, and I, and I uh, reincorporated them into honey. So I had a spicy honey drizzle that I could put on biscuits or, or put on a pizza. Yeah. You know, if, you, if you've got all that saltiness, right, and, you, and, and all that, you want to add a little layer of sweetness to it, and the, and the hot honey does that. It does it really, really well. Because savory is more my jam than sweet. Yeah, but like you, a little bit of honey, like... A little offset. 
and you get make it spicy. You gotta make it spicy. So you get that little kick that, that kicks in with that savory meat, right? That's what that sweetness with the spiciness from the savory meat is and the reason I know this stuff is because I gotta interview a chef. I mean, I, I know some chefs, but then I gotta interview a chef. So I'm saying, hey, how do I make a hot sauce, a really hot hot sauce that doesn't make your whole mouth on fire, but instead the back, almost like a sour, right? The sour hits the back of your throat. You want the hot, I want the hot to live back there. I don't want to ruin yeah. the taste up here. I want right. the hot hit back there. So how do I do that? And he's giving me- some I don't ideas. want my lips swelling or anything. <laughs> exactly. So he's giving me ideas and I'm going back and forth. And so I bring it over to the neighbors. I'm like, no, this should bring you heat on the back of your throat, not on the front. My buddy's like, holy shit, the back of my throat's hot. Like it's hot back there. But I can taste everything in my mouth. I can taste the mango like juice. I taste, yeah. I can taste the mango. I can taste the pineapple. I see you used garlic. Okay, used a little cinnamon, a little cumin. All right, cool, cool. Use a little allspice. Good job. Okay. Put me on your next list for like delivering a little bite of this. You got it. Done and done, my friend. Done. <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited because I usually do desserts. <laughs> And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get away from the desserts and, and, uh, and do something a little different. My daughter, of course, is a little upset, but we just got done doing her, her, her birthdays are like my time to shine for desserts. Yeah. So last year I did a what six What does she layer, love? Well, last year I did a six layer rainbow cake for turning six. So oh. six different colors, boom. Yeah. Then I cut a hole in the center and down the side. So there was an opening and I filled it with those, um, with those uh, icing covered animal Cracker cookies, right? Oh my goodness! That's like a dream blue. cake. You've got this oh bright. She picked the frosting, bright blue frosting on the outside. Six different colors on the inside. Sprinkles, and then you, you know, you take the lid off, and it's vomiting out all these awesome, you know, icing-covered animal cookies. They just say vomit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in. It's just sprinkling out, sparkling out. <laughs> so this year, of course, obviously, you know, she turned seven and COVID and you have to be careful. And so we're like, all right, we're going to do three different birthday parties for you. And you're going to have one friend over for each one. It'll be different days, right? And we'll clean up and do all the thing. Well, that's three different birthdays. That's three different. And she went, I'm like, we're not doing three different cakes, but I'll do three different cupcakes. So the first time I just did regular red velvet cupcakes. And then we made the icing together and we did different colors of icing for, for her friend. Right. It's like, well, you guys like yeah. this one. I don't blue. I want this. I'm like, all right, perfect. The second <laughs> one, we did a vanilla chocolate swirl cupcake with toffee bits on the inside and a salted caramel icing on top. That's the one I want. Who's that friend? That's the coolest. <laughs> and then the last nice. one, we did a vanilla, but I did confetti on the inside. And then we did, you know, a cream cheese icing on the outside and then sprinkles and then cute little dogs on top. So she got three different kinds and she got to pick them all, right? And I, he, you got to make effort. You got to make it special. Um, I don't care if they're yeah. seven or, or they're 70. It's, the bir it's their birthday. You want to make it special. You want to do the best you can. And if, if you're limiting people or you're having multiple, you know, during different times and you're cleaning in between and doing all this stuff. Did you any of the drive-by sort of? We didn't. Um, you know, I just, I wanted more of the one-on-one. -on -one. I wanted her to like, oh, this is one of your best friends. And she got that. You yeah. got that. So you got, you got you got, you got and two three hours. different cupcakes for oh, and that's so sweet. Yeah. And then they got it. She got you know her friends got to take them home. Like you guys take these cupcakes the hell out of my house. 
like, well, we don't. I'm like, I don't care if you do. You keep a couple, baby. You know you have to no, keep a few. No, 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 no. Listen, I am. I used to be like Jason Dick, 320 pounds, because I love sweets. I love sweets and savory. I don't have an off switch for anything. So then I have to. You don't eat it? I'll eat it all. I don't, I don't care. Like, I, I'm indiscriminate about my love for food. So I was like, well, what, what don't I do? Well, I don't do Chick-fil-A because I'm afraid I'll like it. I don't do Whataburger because I'm afraid I'll like it. I already got enough addictions for food and other things. You get that shit out of my house, man. You got you to take your cupcakes and you got to go. Well, you made the cupcakes. It's so, it's such a, it's so like cool to make it and give it away too. Like, you just feel like, oh my God, I just did that for people. Yep. And then you're like, uh, I would like to hear how much you liked it. And then, because it's like, I really wanted to eat them. But I gave them to you. It's the first thing I asked him, like, did you like it? Now, I will say my buddy, because we were talking about this, and I was hooking him up with a, a celebrity chef friend of mine to his son, um, Curran, great kid, loves yeah. to cook. And we're, we're, we're setting something up. We're having some fun. And uh, he's like, oh, I made a habanero ice cream. I think you would like it. And I was like, you made a habanero ice cream? I want it. He's like, all right, so we're doing a swap for uh, we're gonna swap out uh, some of my hot sauces. I'll give him a couple of hot sauces or maybe I'll give him some of this meat to do a slider with. And then he's gonna hook me up with his habanero ice cream, which I am so excited about. I mean, come on, habanero ice cream? Habaneros have this beautiful, really rich, fruity smokiness to them. And you, depending on how you make your ice cream and what you pair that with, it can be amazing and delicious. So I am thrilled to take on this little challenge or have this so it's just you know, i think this is another thing once again like let's if we put a bow on all of this right the the idea of community the idea of of, of sharing talents and learning talents the uh the the idea of, of celebrating one another in small ways you know oh you you made hot sauce did you make enough for a neighbor or two you have to give them to every neighbor. Did you make enough to get the neighbors talking a little bit, right? Do you, did you, you know, when you went and bought beers, like I'll go to 12 Fox, I'll buy some beers. I know my neighbor, I know one of my neighbors loves a certain type of beer and I'll pick one of those cans up. It's four bucks. Pick it up. Here you go. Oh, what's this? Hey man, you know, I thought of you while I was at the brewery. What? Yes. The, it's so selfish of me because I love the reward of just seeing these people <laughs> that are so excited to get something and at the same, you know, and when I make it myself and I get to give it to them and they like it, I love it. And I'm, I'm also very honored because I, uh, I have great neighbors and friends who are honest with me and they're like, that was good. That was dog shit. Uh, they never say it was dog shit. They're like, well, that wasn't your best. Okay. Yeah, you could, you could have done better, Jay. And, they, and I agree. But that means you're giving them treats often. Yeah, no, my one once a month my neighbors are getting treats from me in some capacity. Uh they're coming over, I'm cooking, they're cooking, and we're sharing. And um we want to get you want to get through a tough time? Know your neighbors, know your friends, and experiment and have fun and don't be embarrassed by it. If you would have told me five years ago I was gonna be making hot sauces for people, I'd have told you you're crazy. But no, I'm going to buy one. Can I buy one? You cannot buy one, but I will definitely give you one. Okay. Definitely. I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a, um, a, a Serrano mango. Ooh, my jam. My jam. Serrano and mango. Okay. All right. I'll queue up. I'll get you hooked up. hundred percent. Yeah.
Nice. We're gonna, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna roast. I'm gonna roast the mango. I'm gonna roast the uh, the serranos this time though. I'm gonna slow roast them. Oh, yeah. Some garlic chunks. Oh, I'm gonna cut them cut them open in half. Leave the seeds in there. I'm gonna actually put the garlic clove inside that with the with the stems cut off. Then I just take that with a little bit of oil and probably uh, maybe a third a cup of vinegar. I haven't quite figured that part out yet. Or apple cider. Blend that up. Then add in the mango. Blend that up. And keep adding in mango till you get that till you get that hit on your tongue that goes vinegar, sweet, spice. Yeah, but I like that that like you know you're taking like that you're respecting the habanero. Like some people are just like, oh, it's a hot pepper. We want to make it like a challenge. No, I'm not trying to challenge people. Come on. I'm not that smart. It's like, it's, I mean, I love the taste of peppers, any pepper ex in the world, except for bell peppers. Any color. Yeah. What is it with bell peppers? Bell peppers. And they're gross. People, people who like jalapenos, habaneros, serranos, people who like, you know, flavor, if you will. What the fuck is it about bell peppers that are so damn nasty? They're they, so I'm gross. Different. You don't like them either? No, I had a guy sit next to me on a plane. This was years ago. This asshole. I, I would like, let's close out with this. Two plane stories. I'm going to give you two. I want you to give me two. My kid's going to send me out taking a shit. We're going to call it a day. So here's my two plane stories that, that I'd love to tell. One. Wait, wait. Pause, pause. Okay. Sorry. One uh -oh. second. She's pausing. I am, folks, if you can hear this, let me, ready? One, two, three. Ah, you know what that was? That was a little Austin Beer Works. I'm actually wearing their hat. I'm all Austin Beer Works out and and indie and um and um power and light uh independence brewing. I gotta go get an independence brewing hat. Amy, are you listening? I need a hat, young lady. Sorry. Oh, actually, I don't need a hat, but I'd like one, Amy. I had to blow my nose. I felt it wasn't podcast worthy. You are don't worry about a thing. How dare you? So here's the two airplane stories. So number one, speaking about peppers. I'm flying from Portland, Oregon to New York City for some yes. work. And it's five. That's it. That's a stretch. That's a stretch. It's five in the morning. I'm the at PDX. Plane takes off about six. 6.15. We're up in the air. We're cruising along. And this guy next to me pulls out a green bell pepper and eats it like an apple. Ew! I hate that the, guy. The peppery smell. It was just, listen, it was just, it was nasty. It was, it was, it was oh, absolutely no. disgusting. My other horrific plane story, which turned out to be somewhat funny was, is, so Alaska Airlines back in the day, we're talking 20 years ago, Alaska Airlines, uh, if you showed up early and there was an open first class seat, you could pay 20 bucks and you'd get first class. Oh, yeah. You instantly upgrade the first 20 bucks. So if check-in was at 5 a.m. for a 7 a.m. flight, I was there at 5 a.m. Like, is there any open first-class seats? And they're like, there's two. I'm like, I'll take it. So I get my first-class seat. I give them 20 more bucks. And I get free drinks, great food. You know, I get the, 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 the cashews, everything. I sit down. I'm like, I wonder what interesting Warm person. nuts. Yeah, Garcon, can I get the warm nuts, please? Please. If I sit down. And I am, and I'm, you know, there's the extra space and it's amazing. And I'm wondering what influential person's going to sit down next to me and what this is going to be like. And this uh, older woman who does art in Cabo is the person who sits down next to me and we're chatting. 
and this monster of a human being walks in. I mean, this guy is six, six eight, maybe 1% body fat. He's got veins on top of veins, and he's in like a tube top and jean shorts. I mean, he is just like, these are my muscles. I want everyone to see them. And behind him is the tiniest, cutest little lady who's got less clothes on than him. She's like, I thought it was a challenge, and this is what I wore. And they sit down. <laughs> right in front of us. And there's that big, you know, first class, there's that big space in between seats. And they open it, or take off, they open up their, this but is back in the day. Uh, this is, well, no, so this is, you would, I don't think you would know who these people are because they pulled out their old school DVD player laptop. Remember those things you travel with? You would open up, you'd put the DVD player in the bottom and it'd play the, and they were editing and talking over the porno that they had shot earlier in the week definitely wouldn't know but the volume was up and i'm next to uh, a, a, a probably a 65 70 year old woman who's an artist and we're flying to mexico and she is appalled <laughs> i'm like i'm 22 I'm like wonder what's going on over here <laughs> good form like i don't know some asshole in fucking coach where those savages sit complain because the whole airplane could hear them because they had it because they had the volume up so you are hearing sounds you don't need to hear on a plane mm -mm. no one needs to the hear sound that. up is a little come on the sounds up pretty rude so the, the stewardess comes by and she's like someone has requested oh my god what the fuck are you guys i mean she drops an f-bomb on them because they're watching their porno. And then she realizes, she looks at them, she looks at the screen, she looks at them, she looks at the screen. She's like, no, no. no. They're like, can we put That's it on mute? Can we put it on mute? And then we'll just put a blanket over us. And she's like, I don't want to see this shit again. Of course, there's still the big space in between the seats. <laughs> and that's where the damn thing's sitting. And now, I'm like, I can't hear the porno, but I can see the porno. And now I've got this lady talking to me about kids art in fucking Cabo. And so I've got kids art coming at me in my left ear. I've got my left and my, I've got my left eye seeing hardcore porn. My right eye is over here looking at the waitress. Like, can I just get a cocktail? I just need a cocktail. Like, I, I need a cocktail, please. Can I get a cocktail? <laughs> we get done. I spend my time in Cabo. I do some stuff down there for work. I get back on the plane. Alaska, once again, airlines, I bump myself up to first class because I get there early. And who sits in yeah. front of me? This same fucking couple. Oh, yeah. And I looked and oh, I'm like, and I think, I think I'm going to be funny. I'm like, Did you bring your new porno? <laughs> and the guy looks at me. He's like, no, we got in trouble last time. Did you narc us out? And I was like, no, I enjoyed the show. I thought you guys both did great. He's like, oh, Okay. <laughs> He was such a dick. I'm like, dude, we have an opportunity to bond, bro. Yeah. We have an opportunity to talk no. about really If he short, was like playing his porno out loud in first class, he's a dick already. I know. And I was like, dude. But you're just trying to be like, hey, now we can be like, cool, because I didn't knock you out. I yeah. didn't knock you out, man. And listen, sure, I don't wear jean shorts, but <laughs> that's because true. I'm an adult. And I don't wear Doc Martens with jean shorts because I'm not a porn star. He's I'm probably like the owner of Pornhub right now and a super probably. And Probably still a total asshole. Yeah. And you know, it still has, you know, eight pack abs or whatever. It's like, he was like the rock of pornos. And I was just like, all right, bro. Good for you. I'm, I'm happy for you, I think. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how that scenario goes. But it's, I can tell you this. 
it was hilarious. And one last one. Uh, so my boss and I are flying somewhere. This is old school, 15, 18 years ago. I have something about a prayer too. And so we're, we're flying, we're, we're, we're flying out and uh, this guy sits next to him. <laughs> so I'm by myself. I've got like a, a couple empty seats. I'm hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> this guy sits next to him. He's in coach with my boss was super, he was super rich, but he was like, oh, the seats were full. And you know, he couldn't get first class. So he's sitting back in with me, coach. And this guy takes his sock off and sits next to him and he has toenails on. He has toenails that are at least an inch long. <laughs> and his feet are super fucked up. And he's jiggling his foot next to my boss. Up and down, up and so my boss is an aisle seat. This guy's in the middle. He's taking his socks and shoes off, and he's got his foot now in towards the aisle, towards my boss, and he's jiggling his foot. And my boss goes, Jay. And I'm two rows up. He goes, Jay, switch me seats. And I'm like, no, that's not how airlines work. The airline gave you a seat, and that's the seat you were given. And I was given my seat, and I don't want to mess things up. If there's a wreck, I don't want people to think that you died if you didn't or vice versa. That would be dangerous, Anthony. And he's like, switch me fucking seats. And I was like, no. He goes, I'll give you $100. I was like, no. He goes, I'll give you $500. I was like, no. He goes, I'll give you $1,000 cash right now if you switch me seats. Did you do it then at $1,000? Oh, yeah. I go, $1,000. Yeah, you need to hold $1,000 and you buy all my cocktails. He's like, you motherfucker. I was like, you want to switch seats or not, dickhead? And he's like, yes. I was like, I'm going to sit right. next to the crazy toe. I sat next to the guy. I looked at him I'm like, put your fucking shoes on before I break your goddamn toes. He goes, what? I'm like, put your fucking shoes on. You're being gross and disrespectful. Put your fucking shoes on. And the guy looked at me. And now Anthony is like 5'8", 145 pounds, maybe 160 pounds, soaking wet. Right. I am 6'2". 230 pounds. Okay. So I sit down next to a guy that was smaller than my boss. You're not 230 pounds today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I looked at him and I went, put Let's your fucking on. shoes on. <laughs> the guy's like, okay. <laughs> he just put his shit on, <laughs> shut up, gave me both armrests because he was yeah. the middle seat guy. He's like, you can have the armrest too. I was like, you're goddamn well, right. Clearly. clearly. Here's my thousand dollars to show you that I'm your boss. So keep your shoes on. And if you're nice, buy you a soda. And he goes, they're free. And I go, exactly. That's how nice I'm going to be. Because <laughs> fuck you, dude. And maybe you need. Have some manners. Have some manners. All right. So tell me your airplane. Manners. I mean, it's, it's, ew. I mean, I, I do, you know, sometimes like bounce my leg. Like, I'm not as much as an adult, but as a kid, like I'm, I'm so restless. I'm, I don't know. So way. tell me, so tell me your, um, your thing your uh you got to tell me an airplane story and then i also need uh your your porn star your porn star story or whatever it is oh is the porn star story yes so yeah no uh when i was living in san antonio like san antonio was a huge change for me i don't care where you're at but i'm just not probably like i'm not their target market for living there no. So I lived in Chicago. Like it, I've been living and traveling, living and traveling for a long time. And after four years or so in Asia, I came back and I lived in Chicago. And I'm like, this is my jam. This 
is where I belong. This is everything. Like the fourth winter, that long, dark winter of my soul. And it was cold as fuck. It was like a hundred year, you know, sub zero kind of winter. And I was like, <sighs> and I was working great jobs that I love, but they just weren't really doing the trick, you know, as far as yeah. money goes. But, and I loved that. But then at some point, yeah, I think like, well, maybe there's a better way. Like, anyway, one job, cool money, and something that you're good at and love. So, sure. Got a job in San Antonio. I moved there, and I don't know, but it, it's not my city. I love yeah, that city, but it's not my city. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Right. And I was just like, okay, so how do I entertain myself? Da da da. So that's that's how I actually got my master's. Like, okay, after I don't know, twelve years traveling around teaching English, I'm I'm going to go get my master's in teaching English as a second language because then I'll meet people who have traveled or want to travel or speak another language or understand what that is and da da da. So that was a good thing. But at some point in that, my friend Dina, who was a waitress at Chewy's with me, and Chewy's in Dallas, and she was living, I don't know. Where were we? Okay. Yeah. So Dina came to visit me in San Antonio uh, from Austin. And yeah, her now husband, maybe then boyfriend, I don't know. But they met in Chicago. I knew them both. They came to visit me. They didn't, hadn't had kids yet. And we're sitting around this my favorite place in san antonio if you ever go to san antonio texas people from russia or austin like you should go to la tuna ice house la tuna ice house is bombay everything it's the best place in san antonio it's an ice house which is one of the things when i lived overseas i missed so much like just sitting outside chilling like they have the beers on ice in a cooler behind the bar Ooh. you pay cash they only take cash you pay cash and you get a, a nice cold beer so it's amazing and huge beautiful shaded lot bunch of picnic tables you can talk to people but you don't have to it's nice so i love latina we were there and oh Again, I lost my point. Porn stars. <laughs> oh, no, we were there. And yeah. And so porn. Yeah. And so we're sitting there. It was in a cold season. And Dina and her boyfriend, no husband, uh, Alfredo, came to visit me. And I took him to La Tuna. And it was like the beautiful day. Because they also have like a beautiful fire pit. And getting those ice cold beers just from the tap, just with cash. And sitting around this fire pit is nice. like yeah it's like this is like the way you want to drink this is this is like calling <laughs> this is the way i want to like go out like yeah just you know throw me in a fire pit. 
Kimberly, really, please don't throw me in a fire pit. <laughs> it's like, I just want to go into that. And so we're just sitting there and then we're talking from, and it was cold too. That's the weird thing. It was Texas. It was winter. It's cold. So we're all kind of bundled up and like huddling near the fire. And so we're talking to other people near the fire and there's this guy and he's super cute to me. Empty thoughts are too. And you know, but we're just all sitting there. So you start talking now as you do, like this is the thing that I miss right now and like the pandemic, like mm -hmm. just sitting around a fire and then like you start, you know, someone says something, you're like, ha ha, blah, blah, blah. You start talking and you're like, mm, conversations, new friends. And this one guy was like, such a babe. And like, mm, like kind of into me, so. Mm -hmm. And he was like, he isn't you. I'm like, yeah, I know, but whatever. But so we started talking. He's like, yeah, we just had a long week of work. And I'm out here, like, taking my, meet his employees out, right? His, I'm out here taking my friends out. Like, they all work for me. I, I own, and I, I almost think if I say the two things together, you would know. But it's in the south of San Antonio, and it's a point and tattoo store I believe it is called the G spot. Interesting. And yeah. Okay. So he's like, yeah, it's like a, it's the G spot. I mean, it's like, a, I guess they sell porn, but they sell also like sex toys and stuff. Nice. And do tattoos and a little bit of, I guess, tastefully created. I have no idea. I never went there, but you know, some kind of porn videos and stuff on sale too. But it's like the whole time we're sitting there talking to each other, it's like, oh, this little electric spark going up and down. And, and Dina's gone like, oh. And I'm like, hmm. So anyway, I was like, just sitting there the whole time thinking about, talking about cultures, you know, I'm thinking about, so, what would it be like if I took this guy home? <laughs> Like, not to my house tonight, because I know what that Lights, like. camera, action. And... You know, like, what would I do? It's like, oh, yeah, cool. Now here, we're, we're here. We're all together. And, yeah. Hi, Mom and Dad. This is my new man, and he is, like, he owns a porn and tattoo store. I don't know. I mean, listen, I'm not going to judge him. I think he's found a niche market to satisfy the needs of the people. Right, but if your daughter came to you with that man and said that, I would have to you know, know. I would have to know. There's a couple things I'd have to know, right? Uh, one yeah. is, uh, what's your exit strategy? Yeah, like, are you doing this to make money, or are you doing this because you like it? Because there's two different things, right? And I'm not a, I'm not against either. Exactly. But um, I want to understand, A, why you're doing it to make money. B, if you're doing it because you like it, what do you like about it? What is it, right? And it could be something as philosophically as simple as, I just, I want to bring people joy. Yeah. And orgasms are joy or tattoos are joy or, you know, whatever the, the intersection of those two things could be. And yeah, um, we've been like, you know, too uptight for too long. Yeah, we just, you know, we're always uptight. I mean, listen, people are just too uptight as it is. But uh, you, your gut reaction goes, as a dad goes, hey, get the fuck away from my kid. The guy reaction in me goes, hey, 
what 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 brought you here like what jobs brought you to this and then the mixed reaction of me goes the worst thing i can do is freak out so the best thing i can do is understand i don't have to accept but i have to understand and to put a bow on this let's put a really really pretty bow on this right we started and we talked a little bit about covid and politics and then we talked about you know dancing and Beetlejuice and demons and ghosts and, and seeing apparitions or not seeing apparitions. And then we talked a little bit more about politics. And then we, you know, we talked about travel and other things, right? But here's the one thing that I think is the, the most amazing part about all the conversations we've had. It is easy for us, and it would be easy for us to find where we agree and disagree on things. But more importantly, more importantly, we listen to one another, we have a mutual respect for one another, and we realize we don't have to agree on everything to enjoy each other's company. Sure. And, I, and people get lost in that. People really get lost in that. People are like, <laughs> if you don't agree with everything I, I say or do, then I can't hang out with you. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Now you're just swimming in your own pool. I've learned more from yourself, and Lonnie and Amber Allen and, and, and Lisa Peterson and other ones that have a completely different view of the world than I do. And I'm not, you know, I'm not a Republican or a Democrat. I'm kind of in the middle. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lost person in the middle. But I have lots of questions. I have lots of questions and insights. And I don't assume my insights are right. And I don't assume my questions are going to get the answer. But I have all those things. Yeah. And the small-minded person takes offense to the questions, takes offense to that I don't have a stance on something and takes offense to, to well, how come your question always comes with another question? The big-minded person who could be Republican or Democrat, which is inconsequential, goes, I wanna answer your question. I wanna to listen to why you ask that question, which is what you do so well, which makes you a great journalist, which makes you a, a great interview, which makes you a, a fun person to talk to because you dive in to the next layer and, and, and you don't dismiss because you might agree or disagree is inconsequential to wanting to dive in and understand the person or the situation or, or the idea better, which is what I like to do as well. And that makes these conversations fun and that makes this, this insight fun. And if anything, I hope that, that, that these podcasts that I do are, are, are educational in the fact of, in the worst education possible, but educational in the fact of, you can surround yourself with people that see the world differently. And in fact, you should. And you should, not that you're going to change their mind or they're going to change your mind, but that you are going to foster growth in each other's minds. And it might not be the growth that you wanted. It might be the growth in, in asking different questions. It might be the growth in understanding or seeing the world a different way. But at the end of the day, you're, you're, you're letting your guard down and you're opening your mind and your heart up a little bit. And when you do those two things, right, you get to have fun conversation and you get to agree and disagree. And, 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 yeah, and you get to agree and disagree on what? On dumb shit. At the end of the day, the agreement and disagreement is, is so inconsequential to the friendship and to the understanding. Listen, the idea of whether you saw a ghost or not, or whether I got slapped in the face for a ghost or not, or I just lifted my hand up and decided to beat myself silly. I know you had right? a ghost, I believe you. <laughs> that story, 
and that fun and sharing airplane stories and, 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 and hot sauce stories. What I think people miss is those stories and that fun are just yeah. as important as any political or religious conversation you're ever going to have. And why they're important because they're connectors and they're connectors on a different level that, that artistically allow you to understand food is a great uniter. Drink is a great uniter. Conversation when you're open and willing to hear someone and you're not here to prove them wrong. I mean, you said it best, like, I don't want to argue with you. I don't, where'd you find that number? Let's look it up. We can talk about it later in email or text or whatever. Who cares? Yeah. The idea of, of saying it that way, of being that eloquent about it. Is, is, is the beautiful disarming part that goes, yeah, but that means we can talk about anything, right? right. Now, now I know, and I knew before, because we've had these conversations before, we can talk about anything. And why can we yeah. talk about anything? Because we're not in the business of trying to win someone over. We're in the business of sharing ideas and we're okay to be right and we're okay to be wrong, but we're most okay with listening. Right. And if anyone can take anything away from any of these podcasts and especially this one it's that especially during this time if you're listening to this 20 years down the road and you're like what's covid understand this yeah. that for us for our generation this has been obviously the most divisive time we've seen obviously but <clears throat> don't take the news version of divisiveness yeah. take this version of of, 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 of people who see the world differently and still have a respect and a friendship and a camaraderie that, that, makes it, that makes it better and real. If you take that part, that's actually the greater, bigger picture of what's happening, I believe, across, across the, the U.S. broadly. Yeah. I really do believe that. And I'll always believe that because I'm an optimist. But I'll believe it because we can't have these conversations that doesn't exist. So I will push that out there is that, is that that's the forefront. That's the, that's the way to lead and, and do things. Um, you know, and, and we can all be better. We can all learn more. We can all do insights more. You, I, I told this to a friend, I go, numbers never lie. The interpretation of numbers always lies. You can give your numbers and they can be right and they can be wrong and they can be right for your situation and wrong for the other person's situation. Don't get caught up in numbers, get caught up in hearts and minds. Get caught up in making sure that whether you agree or disagree with who sits in what chair or, or who gets voted here or there, if you're caught up in that part and you're not caught up in the hearts and minds of the people around you, that you get to know what makes them tick. Because if you think politics and religions make someone tick, you're wrong. Get food in front of them. That makes them tick. Get drink in front of them. That makes them tick. Get friends in front of them and start talking about fun shit. That makes play them some tick. good music. Play some good music. That makes them tick, right? That's the thing. Get focus on 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 the things that feed your soul and feed their soul. Oh, if you feed that soul first, then you can have the greatest conversations ever about the other things that are not as important that seem way more important, but they're not. You can have those conversations, and no one leaves offended, no one leaves hurt, and in fact, we leave going. I'm going to look some things up. I'm going to check some things out. I'm going to be better and I'm going to go to more sources and I'm going to try different things. And I'm just going to be a more well-rounded person because well-rounded in this world is better than sharp edged. It just is. 
And it's always going to be well-rounded is always going to win because well-rounded allows you to understand without assimilating. You don't have to assimilate. I don't have to believe everything you believe to, for us to be friends, but I do have to have a respect and understanding of why you have the position you have, which is why I always bring up your travels, which is why I bring up your work. Those are crucial elements. They really are. May I add one more? Yes, please. Absolutely. I'm gonna, my daughter's going to say about taking a shit. <laughs> I'll just talk. I'll be like, la, la, la. I'll do an interpretive dance of the podcast and all. Yeah, no, I'm just saying like, but some people haven't had the experience to have a wealth of, uh, they, oh, I don't know. You can't be, uh, well, I, I, I understand the experience part of what you're trying to say. I really do. Yeah, I, I but, think, but you, know, you were just saying, I'm like, but that's not, you know, some people just can't get from here to there, from A to B, and I don't know. I think we how all to get can. There. Maybe someone with fewer resources and improper school, or maybe someone who's just uh, in an echo chamber. So that's what I was trying to say the echo chamber. So in my last article for the American genius. It was like how to connect because human beings like so many studies, like the human existence, the human being is it, it's, it's not good for your brain to be alone, like huh? solitary confinement, like you can But you know it's worse for your brain? You know it's worse huh? for your brain than solitary confinement? Is being in a sick is, is being in a cyclical eco chamber that doesn't allow your brain to grow. But that's what that I'm actually, saying. Like so, like that's what I'm saying. Like this is the the article was like on like so you're in this deal where you're alone for the first time, but then here are some options to get online. But please don't get in an echo echo chamber. Sure, absolutely. That was the whole thing. Like don't get don't only do things that are like exactly yeah. and make yourself uncomfortable folks for crying out loud man i mean challenge your thought process you know I i'm love... not saying wear your underwear two sizes too small but were well, you meant to underwear two sizes too small <laughs> like, like learn, learn 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 grow stretch and, it out man uh, make it, make it hang better. out with people who aren't like you listen to people who aren't like you listen period but that's the thing. Listen, don't try to change their minds. Actually listen and see if they'll change yours. Because the reality is, is that if you want respect from people, you got to listen. Number one. Two, got to have empathy. And, and number three, you've got you've to you've have a willingness to want to change. You know, uh, the Internet's a beautiful thing. The fact that it opens up so many, so many opportunities. It's also a, a real pain in the ass and a motherfucker because it'll dump some of the same. Listen, if, if you want the same, if you want to be reaffirmed with bullshit, the Internet's the best place to go. If you want the greatest wealth of knowledge as far as just pulling information and trying to figure it out yourself, the Internet's the best place to go. Education is not caught up to navigating the Internet. Neither have we. That's okay. That's okay. That's why, once again, full circle, you go back to your friends, you go back to your, your community, you go, you go to your neighborhood, you go to your little area, you go to your city, you embrace those things. You tackle those first. Don't get caught up in all the other bullshit because guess what? At the end of the day, 
the people who you have around you that are different, that see the world differently, are going to help you solve problems better. I used to have people who looked at my resume, jobs, and they'd be like, I can't hire you. I don't know what you do. And I would look at them and I would say, well, then you don't understand how, how things work. And they're like, what do you mean? I said, I've done everything from financial services to, to hunting thousand pound marlin all over planet Earth. Guess yeah. what that means? I can solve a problem better than someone who's only done financial services for the last 20 years. You know why? I have a better reference point. Actually, I have reference points. And I have reference points from all over planet Earth. And I've solved problems all over planet Earth. Yeah. So when you want to talk about marketing and aggregation in Central America versus, versus South America versus Asia Pac versus Europe versus North America, I can break it down for you and culturally why you need to hire different people in these areas. And that though you have three brand themes that you want to put down, how they matriculate out in Europe versus Central America, Latin America, or Asia Pac is completely different. And this is why. So while you shit on the fact that I've only had, that I've had 20 jobs over the last 15 years, you're missing the fucking point that I actually see the world differently to your benefit because I'm not stuck in a yeah. bubble. And if everyone else would just, you, you don't have to travel anymore. You can actually get online and do stuff. You can actually go see Pop things. Pop the bubble. Pop the bubble. Uh, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Pop the bubble. Pop it. Mm -hmm. Go get it. Have some fun. Enjoy yeah. it. And enjoy the idea of challenging yourself and the people around you. And for the people that say, fuck you, and you know what? I'm going to say the sky's blue, and you're going to say the sky's black. Guess what? You don't have to abandon those people, but you also understand where they sit and where they navigate conversation. And what we need to decide as a country in this divisive world is that we first need to understand that we're letting people divide us. We're letting a minority divide, divide a majority, number one. The minority is. Like yeah, it's the it's the MSNBC, the Fox, and 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 then and then congressional and Senate leaders. Who, who, I'm not calling out an idiot. And not yeah. all of them, not all of them, but there's some, right? And but but divisive. I'm just trying to give points well, to where Fox people can be like, yeah, where people can point. And I mean, you can be divided by the minority, or you can decide to talk to the majority, and you don't have to agree with them. But if you listen and you understand where they come from, then when you vote and when you talk and when you see the world, you're, you're better. You're just a better person. And at the end of the day, the goal is to be better. I want my daughter to be better than me in all, in all ways, shapes, and forms. I just do. I want her to be better than me. She should be better than me. Right? right. That means I have to make myself better so I can figure out how to challenge her to be better. I have to open up opportunities and, and put her in front of people to do that. We can do it. We can and we will. I really do. Once again, innovation, man. We, no one innovates like we do. No one sees the world like we do. We don't look at things the same way as everyone else does. We just don't. But we have to open up our well to everyone in it like our even in the united states like to our innovators and we have to change our educational system because it's not working it was built for a certain kind of student and that doesn't work for all students and we want something that will 
actually, like we're pumping money into education, not enough, but we want to, you know, pump it into something. Look, I mean, who, who, who created education? Who helped us create it? Henry Ford, because he wanted better factory workers. He was taking farmers who were doing 20 different things right. a day. I mean, we love education. We love having it, but I mean, we need to like. It needs to evolve again. We need to go back to the busy body. If we take education back to the way that it was, to, to the way that it probably should have been built, which is the busybody, which is understanding 19 different things going on around you, and not the factory worker that says we're going to do this, right? A, B, A, B, carpal tunnel, A, B, A. That's why education was, that's why the desks were set up a certain way, that everything was set up so that you could be a factory worker later. And there, well, we, we've evolved past that. And arguably, you could say that, that we were evolved past that before that was put in place. But our economy and our hearts veed, right? They took a Y. And we went economy over hearts. We went economy over hearts. This is what happened. That's okay. It's okay because we understand. It's not okay if we don't make a change. And I believe that we can. I believe we can make a change. I believe we can do a lot of great things in this world. And Let's do great things. And, I, and I, not only that, but we can do great things, but man, we, I think people get caught up on leadership and they're like, it's, it's kind of ground zero. Yeah. But it's like, I think people get caught up. People get caught up in, in the bullshit of this, right? They're like, yeah, but if we're not the economic leader, then what have we done? And I'm like, well, what's the economic leader if you're not the education leader? What's the economic leader if you're not the innovative leader? And if you're not the innovative What's your, what's your 20 year like plan, bro? Yeah. What's, I mean, I know, I know what I want my 20-year plan I'll to be for my daughter, this, but, asked, but, but you know, I, listen, we can, we can do it, and I believe this country will do it. I believe we are better, and, and, uh, and I believe that we are, we are innovative enough. You believe that we are better than we are being today? Oh, 100%. I believe that we are short-selling ourselves. And so let's being, go better for tomorrow. Yeah, but we're being petulant children right now. We are being whiny petulant children and it's time to stand up and it's time to knock the dust off and it's time to instead of insulting someone for wearing a mask or not wearing a mask for doing this or not doing that you know it's time How to can do? You make them wear a mask they never make them it's just, you know it's, it's time to stop yeah, it's, it's time listen we came you know this we came from a world we came from a world of i like to see the world to drink a perfect coke with me we went from that, we went to- Why? I was singing that earlier in my head. Did yeah, I but, see now, but now think about this, think about this, right? We went from that, we went to, we went to, we went to We Are The World, and then we went to Farm Aid. So it's not like we can't do this without, without yeah. chastising. But, but, where hold on, but hold on, no one, no one said in We Are The World, no one said in Farm Aid, and no one said on Coke, fuck you for drinking a Pepsi. Hey, you know what? We aren't the world, fuck you. No one, that's no one, no one chastised the way we chastise now. But at the same time, drinking a Pepsi wouldn't kill me if I drank Coke. All right, then do the AIDS thing. No one, no one during the AIDS outbreak, it wasn't, it was, a, it was like, hey, wear a condom. And men and women decided being intimate together to wear or not to wear a condom. We but, don't wear condoms in public, that's why. Yeah, but, you, but still, you had to make a choice, right? And you had to make yeah, a choice. Yeah, you did. 
You had to make a choice. But that's a personal choice between two or more people in now, Hold on, but hold on. Let me, let me finish the analogy. But hold on, let me finish okay. the analogy. So, but the point is, is that we didn't sit there and go, no one said you're a fucking idiot and you're a murderer if you don't wear a condom. No one said that. Because it was the point of not that you had AIDS, is that you could get AIDS, right? No one, no one sat there and just chastised the world. There weren't opposing arguments. There wasn't, I'm a no condom person. And there wasn't a, well, except for the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church actually was like, no condoms. Sorry, you can't wear them. It's right. not what it's about, right? So we actually did have a very powerful movement that was anti-condom. And it was the Catholic Church, right? And then we had this group that's like, you have to wear condoms because we're going to stop the spread of AIDS. But we had it. So we, so we had this argument. But we weren't as negative about it when someone went the way that the other party didn't like. We tried to educate them on why it should change. It was about education. It was about understanding. And if you bring it back to social media and the news cycle and everything else, we're not built for that. And when we're not built for that, and then all of a sudden, you start grabbing people and saying, hey, wear a fucking mask or you're an idiot. You're you're, you're, you're bolstering them. You're empowering them not to wear a mask because you're giving them the fuel they need to go, yeah, that's right. I'm doing something powerful versus Farm Aid, Live Aid, We Are the World saying, hey, can we be a team? I know it's not fun, man. I'm sorry. This sucks. It does. Hey, um, no, let me just say one thing. Hold on, hold on, real quick. Hold on. Like, let me just finish this real quick. It's like there's, there's if, no one, if you're walking around in public, no, no one knows if you're wearing a condom or not. But no. this is like, <laughs> but, but guess what? Well, wasn't well, that more dangerous? Me, you, 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 you liked a guy around a fire pit with your friends, <laughs> and you didn't know if that motherfucker had AIDS. I didn't fuck it. I know you didn't, <laughs> you didn't know if he had gone to her syphilis, and you didn't know if he ever wore a condom or not. And that wasn't part of the questionnaire. It wasn't like, hey, I really like but, you, you're handsome. Do you wear condoms? I However, can't get AIDS from sitting next to someone. This was part of the problem. People thought you could. But, people, like, but, but back in the day, but back in the day, people thought you could. But people thought you could, and yet we were still more responsible when we thought you could get AIDS from sharing a straw or from holding hands. We were still more responsible in how we communicated to one another than we are now. We're not being responsible. We're being arrogant. When you look, when I see posts on Facebook that say, if you're not wearing a mask, fuck you. Or when I see posts on Facebook that say all these dumb fucking Republicans and what were masks, I hope they die. When I see shit no, like I that, I don't post anything like I'm, that. I'm not saying you do. I'm not but saying you. I'm not saying. I'm just saying when still, I see it, when I see it, I go. Wow, we've evolved so much, and we yet we've devolved so much. We didn't learn anything. This is the trickle down that we were promised by Reagan. And instead of trickling down money, it's coming down <laughs> fucking hate. Well, it is because we have been we have been programmed or we have we, we have decided as a group that it's it's better to win than to understand. And we've confused winning with my argument one, so therefore you should sum submiss versus we've communicated, you've heard my side, I've heard your side, so we've both won, right? Because we're better people now, because we've listened to one another, right? 
and actually that, processing that, it. And processed it. So we, we, we've devolved that much and we've devolved that much because we've chosen not just one, but multiple leaders who have decided that's the best way to decide who votes for them and who doesn't is creative divisiveness. Not what's best for us, not what's best for the people around us. And I, I understand the, the, the AIDS versus mask argument, I, I really do, but the reality is, is how it was treated. Remember, AIDS was gonna take 20, 30% of the population away. That's what it was gonna do. Fauci was part of that. And to this day, Fauci will talk about how we did it better with AIDS than we're doing with this. And why? Mm -hmm. We were more understanding. We were, we were better people. Yeah, we legitimately, legitimately were better people because we decided to educate versus judge. What do you say? I don't know how to tell you that you need to care about other people, right? And that's yeah. But you know how you tell people you care about other people? You know how you do it? But I mean, that's what... Did you know how you do that? But you know, Fauci says, I don't know. How to, I, I can tell you, Fauci, how you tell you care about other people. You care about them. If you want someone to care about other people, the first thing you do is you care about them. Yeah. Let's just say, I don't, need guess, it. Guess I don't know how doing. to tell you that you need to care about other people. I mean, you do, you do it by caring for them. Yeah. Because obviously they're not getting care. Obviously, they're not seeing the things. Obviously, no. they're not getting the love and understanding. So, what are they doing? They're like, yeah. like, hi, you know, you know, have a mask. Can I loan you one of mine? I mean, it just says it's not, it's not, it's so not well. even that. It's not even that. It's just, it's like the idea of it. it we, we unfortunately, the ball has moved past that point. But if you, you know, rewind once again, that whole Harvard study that I think is going to happen is going to be this. We went angry before we went understanding. We lashed out before we embraced. We attacked before we understood. We've done all those things. And political parties have driven that. And that's not a Republican or Democrat. That is across the board. They've all done it. They're all guilty. Our leadership that we voted in, the leadership that we voted in, has failed us across the board. They just have because they've created divisiveness and they've decided to do that because that's, that's the political climate that we've, that, that's been embraced. You look back, once again, you think about this, you think, man, could I have loved him better? I think about parenting fails that I do all the time. I was with my daughter the other day and she wasn't getting something and I'm like, and I got frustrated and I looked at her and I'm sitting across from her. I'm like, I'm being a bad parent. No, you're not. I'm being a bad, but at the moment I was. At the moment I wasn't teaching her. I was getting frustrated. And that's not my role. That's not my job. Right. And so I talked to her. So we said, we, we take our breaks. And I said, we're going to go to separate rooms. And we're going to, we're going to think about this. Yeah. And then I sat down with her and I said, this is where I made a mistake. And this is why I made a mistake. And this is what we're going to do differently. We don't, we're choosing not to own that as people. We're choosing to pick a side versus understanding and educating. We're choosing to pick a side. 
And the education is dog shit because it's judgmental and it's aggressive. It's like, I can't believe you don't understand this. I did a post on Facebook and I just asked people, I was just really honest. I said, hey, how are we gonna say sorry to NAAA, children, women of abuse and suicide, which are all through the roof up in numbers. How are we gonna to apologize to them because of the way we shut the country down? And people came back to me with COVID numbers, COVID numbers. They didn't address the question. How are we gonna apologize? So is my AA? Because we ignored this group. We ignored this whole group. What is an AAA? A NA is Narcotics Anonymous, AA, Alcoholics Anonymous. Oh yeah. You understand, when we did the first lockdown, they couldn't meet. Yeah. AA meetings couldn't meet. Sorry. Narcotics Anonymous yeah. couldn't meet. So how do we apologize to them? How do we tell them, and I'm, I'm speaking in hyperbole, but I, but, I, but I want to make an impact. How do we tell them that an aggressive flu is more important than the age-old, dogmatic, brutal world of abuse, sexually and physically, alcohol abuse, and narcotics and suicide that we've been around us since the jump of humanity was never important enough. Not once has it ever been important enough for us to stop this country and address it. Never, not once have we ever stopped anything we've done for any of those groups, for any of them. We've never stopped once, never, not once. How do we explain to them that none of them although their numbers are astronomically larger than the deaths for COVID-19, how do we tell them that they were not important enough that this was? Well, we, you know what we do? We say we fucked up. That's what we do, because we did. And we continually fuck up, and that's okay. But, I mean, that's up. before COVID. I mean, we fucked up. Yeah, but we I mean, taking care exactly. of them before that. Exactly. And this is the thing. So they were never being taken care of. But so we continually have opportunities to open up lines to make that happen. Mm. And instead, we choose to be divisive. I know. And it breaks my heart because we're better. We're innovators. Like we, are, be... we are globally, quite honestly, we are, we are, th this country is one of the, the greatest innovative countries that has ever existed ever in our short period of time. There, there have been empires that have lasted longer that have not innovated the way we have. We're better than this, damn it, we are. And it starts, with, it, it starts, with, it starts with stopping the negative language. It starts with, with, it, with, with it, it, it's never too late to not be negative. It's never too late to not judge people. It's never too late to not hear someone, hear them and listen. Someone. Even when you grossly disagree, when you have someone who's like, I'm anti-mask, let me tell you why, it's like, great, let's talk about it. You know why it's important to talk about it? To let them talk about it. Because you know what they don't get? They don't get to talk about it. And if you really want to understand those people, you have to understand the fact that, guess what? This is the first time they've had a voice. They've never had a voice before. Now they're getting one and they're getting attention for that voice. So why don't we understand why they need that voice and who they are versus saying you dumb fuck, put a mask on and just 
just so we can get done with this. I understand as... And it's hard. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's hard. I'm not saying but it's I'm easy. also saying, like, if I'm talking to them, mm-hmm. uh, I would hope to have my salt to spray them in the face. And I would hope they don't have a gun because this has been a thing. Like, there are people who aren't wearing masks and, like, the doorman at fucking the dollar store, literally... The doorman at Dollar Store says, you can't come in without a mask. And they go back and they come back and they shoot them dead. And this has happened. There have been a few murders over people or beatdowns over people just asking someone to wear a mask. And this is not like a, buddy, you better wear a mask. Because the buddy, you better... Or the non-mask it, so, but it wasn't. But it wasn't that person who instigated that, right? It was the how many people before them were a shithead to them about not wearing a mask and not understanding. This is not a one-person no, solution. I mean, I'm just like I'm like this the is, guy but, at the door at the dollar store. I'm like, sorry, everybody has to wear a mask, and someone's like, neener, 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 yeah, and, neener. and guess and guess why? And, and guess goes why. home and gets her husband or boyfriend, and they come back and they kill him dead dead yes, but guess why but so that's not I that person's to... fault and that's it'll never be that person's fault but i will say this as a society that action is our fault as a society that action that person did is our fault because you know why we allowed for god knows how long from march or february well not february because yeah. in february fauci said you don't have to wear a mask because he didn't want to tell the american people this one happened really early shortage. in march but this more importantly happened. more importantly we can go back to march and go how many people when they raised a when they innocently raised a hand i'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and go they raised a hand and go why are we wearing a mask can I just ask a question? Like, I don't understand what's going on. Like, fuck you, wear a mask. Or, hey, are you trying to kill people? Wear a mask. And now they're yeah. emboldened by their choice. Because I've, and, and, I'll, and, and the reason I'll give them the benefit of the doubt is because of what I see on social media, because of what I see in interactions in the street. And we're looking at things that are happening over the last couple of months, and we're not weighing what happened the four months previous and how people were treated that asked questions. If you go back and you look at people and how they ask questions, it's crazy, right? It's crazy because you ask a question and people go, man, fuck you. I can't believe you're asking a question. Just follow the rules. Let's get done with it. On social media? On social media. And and, and I've seen public interactions where I've, I've taken a pause or I've actually stepped in and been like, hey, man, I don't know what your day's going like. I understand it's shitty. Yeah. I get it. I'm smelling my breath right now. It's not pretty. I should have brushed better. I should have probably done some electro flossing. <laughs> I apologize. Really? Can I, can I, but then I'll tell them, I'll look at them and go, listen, I know this is shitty, but if I go grab your shit, so there's not a confrontation, would that just make it better? I'm like, you do that for me, man. Thank you. I'm like, I get it, but I don't, but I get it, but I don't. Right. That's nice. I mean, I have a cousin but, who has all the issues in her asthma and stuff and in She's like, I wear my mask, but, you know, I have, like, an asthma attack. You know, my son has to, like, yeah. so, sit me down and give me the thing. So, but unless you have asthma, masks are fine. But, I mean, you've got, you've got kidnap victims. You have rape victims. You have, you have a litany of people that have gone through things where that, that 
that that construct, right? That 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 thing freaks them out. It doesn't mean that we can't help them. It means we need to understand them. And I think we can be better at understanding. I think we can do less name calling and more understanding. I think we do more conversation and less name calling. I think we can innovate the way we communicate, the way we've innovated everything else to make this world a better place. And I think we'd be leaders in that. We have certainly failed in a lot of parts of this COVID-19 aspect, right? And a lot of that is our leadership top down. Yeah. Right? Top down, top yeah. down, right? I mean, I would ask, I would, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll throw shots at everyone, right? I will throw shots at everyone. Right. Mayor, Mayor Adler, you haven't delivered one mask to one homeless person from Austin yet. That's fucked up. And you, you I bet, will sit there, you will sit there and talk about. I bet, oh, come on, man. And how you're going to shut down bars and shut down, yeah. shut down restaurants and do all these things, but you're not delivering masks to homeless people. So what are you doing? Right? So, so you're picking and choosing your easy battles because you're lazy, because you're a lazy leader. You're lazy. You don't want to take it all on because you're lazy. It's okay. It, just admit it. It's fine. I'm lazy at certain things. Everyone's lazy at something. It's not a knock. It's a reality. So then let's be real. Let's have a real conversation. Now let's talk about if you think this is so bad and the most immune compromised, well, who are more compromised when it comes to bad health, bad food, um, yeah. bad sleep, bad living conditions and the homeless. And, we, yeah. and, yet what, and yet what do we do? We allow them to sleep and camp anywhere they want to yeah. and they don't have to wear masks. So the, it begs, what goes back to leadership and, and, and I will, you want to be a leader, you're going to be held to a different standard, just like I will hold a police officer or a yeah, judge or, or, or a military person to a different yeah. standard. I will hold you to a different standard on an elective. However, that said, I also, guess what I don't do? I don't drive by homeless people and yell, hey, motherfucker, put a mask on. You're killing people. I don't. I also don't drive all. by black people and say, hey, you're black. I hate you. You know, yeah. I mean. Exactly. Because you know what? We're compassionate. But the difference is, is that there's a lot of people that decided divisiveness versus, versus compassion. Now you take a non-homeless person walking down the street, trying to go into a restaurant without a mask, right? And now do you yell, hey, motherfucker, or hey, dickhead, or, or you gotta put a mask on to get in here, or do you grab them and go, listen. Yeah, you have to have a or, mask. Or, or do you ask them, You have to have a mask on to get in here. There's nothing hateful about that. Yeah, there's, it's not about being hateful, but it's That's about- science it's, but it's, and rules. But it's about approach, right? But it's about approach. The yeah. same way I wouldn't yell at a homeless person who comes up to my car, why aren't you wearing a fucking mask when I ask for money? You're going to infect me. The same way I wouldn't, I would, I'd rather would, look at a person who wants to come in and they're not wearing a mask, go, hey, um, I understand we have a mask policy. Is there a reason you're not wearing a mask? Oh, it's my political belief. Okay, I 100% respect that. And here's my solution. Here's my solution that, and people will be like, oh, well, you're, you're placating to, no, I'm not. I'm trying to find a way to understand why they believe what they believe so that I can educate them differently, but I have to know where they're at and to know where they're at means starting a conversation starting the conversation. is not being judgmental. It's being understanding. And if I can do those things and, and if, and if I just change one person's mind, even if I just see one person go, ah, oh, that makes sense. Okay. You know what? Oh, but you can deliver to me. Oh, cool. So I don't have to deal with this bullshit. Not at all. 
Thanks, bro. No problem. One time. That's one less conversation. Now you think about Yeah, but then but then guess what? You talk to him about why. We're not we're not being proactive, we're being reactive. Let's be proactive. We're so good at being proactive on so many things. We can be proactive here and we can really help a lot of people. We can make the world honestly a much better place by not rushing to judgment, but rushing to understanding. And I'm not saying you have to agree, and I'm not saying we have to change rules. I'm just saying, can we be, can we have a little bit of empathy? And we're missing that a lot. I don't yeah. believe yeah, in, I, I'm, no, I I I'm not saying change the rules. I'm not saying don't wear masks. Clever. I'm, I'm saying, saying like, but if, if that person's talking to you super close to your face, you're the one who can get sick and die. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's a little bit more, it's well, different than like, if is, I'm but wearing a mask and I'm just talking to you like kindly and listening to your side of the story, but I'm like, no, get out of my face. Well, you, you know? can ask someone to back up. You can. I mean, there are, but there, literally but there is science to back that up. That's not there good. Is. No, there is. And I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with the I science I try to be wrong. cool. I just try to like back up out of them. Sure. You know? Sure. But I, but I think you're, you're, you're misinterpreting the, the point of it's not about disagreeing with science. It's about trying to understand someone so you can get them a, to agree with the science. It's about but giving I, them alternatives to where but I have they to don't. Get but this they, close. Yeah, but that's just because some people are just close talking. I'm risking my own life to convince someone about science that they may. I, mean, I would, I would, I would humbly argue that there are many worse viruses that killed a lot more people over the last decade. They've done a lot more that quickly, not that easily, not that H1N, H1, H1, H1N1, H1N1 killed more people faster. Absolutely. Mm-mm. Okay. But yeah, I mean, no, it was not, I mean, you know, uh, but once again, it's, it's, that's, that's a SARS virus. That's a COVID virus, right? It's, it's right. not, I mean, it is, is a part of that family. So it's, it's not like a, it's not like an apples and oranges. It's an apples, it's a Granny Smith and it's, right. a, it's a whatever other apple. I don't know, I don't know Granny Smith apples, sorry. <laughs> I don't know, like a, a red, whatever, whatever, is. is that what it is? Yeah. So, but it's one of those things where you go, I, I understand the fear and I, under, and I understand the complexity of the issue. If we're losing empathy in that in that part, then we're losing people. And if we're losing people, we're not just losing them for a moment. We're losing them for for potentially ever, as then they run down a road and they get aggressive and they find more and more things to feed them because we have chosen to ostracize them or yell at them or call them a, call them a name versus educating them. Right. Think of your best teachers. No, yeah, Think I of mean, your best teachers and, and what they did and how they educated you and how they brought you in, how they made you understand something in a beautiful way. And think about the worst teachers and what they did, how they didn't bring you in. They just called you a dummy or they just threw something at you. They just get the questions right. Well But you had to be like in that learning environment. Yeah, but but guess what? Not everyone chose to be in the learning environment. You had to respect your teachers. Um, But but you don't. But you don't. But no one chose to be in that learning environment, right? They were forced to. Because if if my kid doesn't go to school, I go to jail, right? It's called being truant, right? So I don't. My kid doesn't have a choice. She's got to go to school. 
So now I'm, I'm hoping that in going to school, she's got the teacher that understands her yeah. strengths, embraces her shortcomings, and challenges her in a positive way that allows her to learn more and learn better. Yeah. And I would say that as adults during this pandemic and during a lot of other things, politically, a lot of other things, we have I missed that boat. And we've missed that boat to where it's gone from trying to um, have a fun and engaging conversation to someone getting that close to your face and, and telling you why. And the, and the Grand Canyon there is this. Right. I'm not letting anybody get this. But yeah, but the, grand, but the Grand Canyon is, is the fact that we, we've, we've decided years and years back, decades back, that it's better to be divisive and say who's right and who's wrong than better to educate and understand. I and, never uh, believed that, but it just keeps getting like more and more and more and more. It's not that you believe it or not. And here it's we are. That, it's that other people around us, um, the, 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 the people we're electing, uh, are, are being elected based on you like me or you like this versus, hey, I have a policy and an idea, and it's not Democrat or Republic. It's just better for people. But it's like, hey, we're doing a big show on the national stage, yeah. so don't even think about your local people, yeah. because they're the one who become school exactly. board. So listen, we have done um, three and a half hours. Oh my God. This is Rogan-esque right here. This is, this is where people go. <laughs> Jesus, okay. And but, I, yeah, keep, uh, keep kind of pausing my movie, but no, listen, yeah, time to go. Over. It's time to go. But I gotta I, like, I, come in, we wanna go home, right? Hey Jolene, I'll tell you, man, you're an amazing person. I, I love the work you do. Uh I'm always honored by the support you give this podcast and, and myself, and more importantly, uh the time. We're never getting this three hours back. We're just mm -hmm. not. But that said, not. um two articles love, to work on them. I love the conversation. I really did, my friend. I want you to come back again, as always. As I said, I really meant it. You're always welcome. This is fun. This is insightful. And I think this shows for people that... Uh, in Russia. In conversation in Russia, right? Hey, Russia, we're, we're going <laughs> to get you. Don't worry. Hey, but, Austin. <laughs> no. Thank you, my friend. I really do mean that. Thank you very much you. For, for this. And... Uh, and thank you for all that you're doing, man. I mean, listen, this is uh, life's not easy. And to take three hours and to have laughs and fun and political and COVID conversations and wrap it all up and, uh, and, and awesome. agree and disagree on so many things. Um, and we still have smiles on our faces <laughs> is, a, is a testament to what I believe in, which is, man, we're better together than we are apart. We are better listening than we are coercing. Or manipulating and as a whole we are we are we are really great we really are and uh conversations with you and reading your articles and seeing your engagement online Thank you. continually gives me hope that uh, that there's more people out there that are optimists like me that uh, that don't believe the end of the world uh you know we're not singing the rem song we wake up in the morning and go to bed at night but we are just really we're the only ones who can lift it up exactly <laughs> yeah so with that my friend here comes everyone's favorite part as i say goodbye uh, to you 
and my daughter sings about the first time she took. I, I think it's on here. We're we're pretty much here. Bring pretty it. Pretty much here. Down. My friend, you have a great evening. I appreciate your time. Oh no, yeah, we can't. De la come go home. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful week and. Uh, once again, I, I greatly appreciate you. You have a wonderful time. We'll talk soon, okay? Thank you, too, Jason. Right. Take care. Bye-bye. I'm going to leave.